is Dave Han, Rowdy, and there will be No Encore. Welcome to episode 354, I believe, of the No Encore Music Podcast. Craig Fitzpatrick is here. Hello, hello. Champion that he is. A week on from the quiz. Asking in the victory. Spoiler alert for people who haven't caught up oh, yet. Oh, yeah, sorry. Well, they should listen to that one first, shouldn't they? It, it was a close run victory, though. So, I mean, like, you know, it's still worth going back and listening it to. It was all about the journey there, I think. It is. Um, thanks to Zara for helping us out. Happy birthday to Zara, because it is her birthday of this podcast coming out, I believe. If all I have right. that correct. 10th yeah. of February, I do believe. So Ooh, happy birthday. Ah, what a present she got. Losing sub. to you on the quiz. But, yeah, you know, well, narrowly, people do. Narrowly. Oh, weeks early as well. It was very close. It was. It very... was. It was um, yeah, I felt like it was probably my toughest opponent thus far. No I disrespect think... to FJ and Nyler, but it just. I think. I think the stats back that up. Okay. Okay. I think it was the closest quiz to date of three. I feel as disrespectful though to former contestants. Um, maybe there was a slight bit of disrespect there, but you know, <laughs> Zara was taking it extremely seriously, as we we know, in yeah. a way that I think maybe FJ and Nyler weren't quite. Again, you're them. just disrespecting these people for no reason. Friends, they're of the, the best. Show. We love them. Um, but yeah, losers. Okay, right. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. That's an outburst. That <laughs> it's I wasn't. all I've got. All right, outburst. I wasn't anticipating. It's not actually. It's not actually all you've got. We'll get to that later because I want to talk about something that you've got. But I want to talk okay. about other things first. Uh, I should say at the start. Um, guess what Dave has again? It's another violent head cold or something. So I'm like you. Fucking you take your vitamins, brother. You say your <laughs> prayers. You go back to the gym. Uh, and you still get sick. This is so annoying. It's probably I, the gym, to be fair. I was sick all through December. I've been sick on and off in January, and I'm sick again. And like this is a, like, I'm particularly woozy today. So you know, yeah. bear with me, please. You're sounding good though. It's I'm not sounding good. I also tones. I also didn't get much sleep because I watched a frightening film before I went to bed last night. Scary time. movie. A scary movie. Yeah. It's um, called. Uh, it's called Skin and a Rink. Have you heard of this movie? Skin and a Rink. Skin and a Rink. Yeah, it's a new film. It's I've on, not heard of it. It's on Shudder. Are that, people uh, <laughs> skinned in an ice rink? No, not it? at all. No. no, no, it's very different. Um, so yeah, uh, like if you don't know about this film, right? It's um, it, it, it got a bit of buzz there late last year. Oscar buzz? No, not Oscar buzz. <laughs> okay. That's a good podcast though. This had Oscar buzz. It's worth checking out. Um, Skin and a Rink. It's like a very independent Canadian film. It costs like fifteen grand. And it's since made a million dollars because it got a cinema release. It actually had a small cinema release in in Ireland just there. I don't know if it's still playing. Oh, really? But you can get it on that Shudder website, which is a decent enough streaming service. I don't know why I'm plugging everyone else but my own show these days. Because people are already listening, I suppose. Anyway, the point yes. is, I wanted to do this for a while. I was aware of the buzz. Um, it's 100 minutes long, right? Perfect. And it's complete and utter abstract analogue horror in which it's about two young children aged like four and six. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out, sir. They wake up in their house in the middle of the night to discover that their father is gone and the doors and windows in their house are vanishing. Vanishing. Yeah. And the way it's shot and the way it's presented, it's all like crooked angles, uh, static hums, ambient sound, weird, non-conventional like plot there's no okay. is this why prior to us starting recording you were it was concerned a, about an ambient home in this was, very room yes I was yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was really freaking me out um, and so this is this is a real like one man's trash is another man's treasure kind yeah. of thing you know I mean like some people likened it to like what if the ending of the Blair Witch Project was an entire film so I was like I'm in oh what I'm in and I'm so out already because I'm so scared of the Blair Witch Project to this day um, <laughs> and I watched it last night in my room with my headphones on my phone on the other side of the room and for the first 10 or 15 minutes I was kind of like, it's not working for me. 
I was mm. like, it's not working for me. I really wanted to, and I've been wanting to do this for quite some time. I didn't go see it in the cinema because I was actually afraid that there'd be very disruptive people in the cinema. More on that later, by the way. But anyway, the uh, point is, oh, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, the point is, I after about 15 minutes or so, it did start to kind of bring me into it, and I got a bit freaked out by it. And the more it went on, there was there was parts where like I kind of would drift in and out. It's, it does feel 20 minutes too long, and it really is going to test your patience. Like, it's very very challenging especially for like the current generation or whatever but like at a hundred minutes a hundred minutes yeah of like of fuck all happening do you know what yeah, I mean yeah, and like yeah. I totally understand why somebody be like nothing happened that was boring but that's the point it really when it did it really chilled me to the fucking bone okay and to the point where when it was over and it was like midnight when it was over because I'm an idiot I watched the United game, you know, and then I watched the... It was uh, chilling in its own way. It really was. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and then I watched this movie and I was just like, uh, I went down, like I left my room to go downstairs to the bathroom to brush my teeth and get a glass of water. And I was afraid of the stairs and the walls and just the, windows the, the, the structure yeah. of my house. I slept, Craig, not well. <laughs> I slept with my, the curtains fully open in my room. I am 38 years of age. <laughs> this is what it did to me. That's not what horror is supposed to do, though. What's the is the Wes Craven quote about uh, seeing the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and being like, "I slept like a baby, pacified my soul." Yeah, but it's did Wes, not pacify your soul. Wes Craven. Like, <laughs> yeah. God rest him. I loved Wes Craven. He was great. But I mean, um, it's, it's got some you know issues, and like you know, there's definitely some like levels of like you know, at times you're like, I can see the craft here too much. I can see the yeah, filter yeah. you whacked on this, the audio interface that you're using, and the models you've made and such. But I will say, I did find it to be a really fascinating and mesmerizing unique experience i thought it was incredibly well done for the most part and i think that there is genuine horror in it and even like it's also like very sad <laughs> like oh, brilliant. these children are like in this weird fucking situation and they don't even understand what they're in and it's oh, just like God, that's just the worst to me do you know what i mean i can't it's a recommend it's a recommend you know? And that's yeah, so that's just yet another reason why I feel very disheveled today. <laughs> I've had a week. Anyway, look, the point is, right, Valentine's Day is around the corner, and that's uh, yeah, <laughs> my favorite day of the year. It's the best, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, no girlfriend for Dave. I don't know about you these days. No, nope, not on the road. <laughs> do you have Valentine's Day plans? No. I do. You're going to direct cleaning? I'm going to the cinema by myself. Skin and Marink, is it? <laughs> you're going to get Skin well, and Marink? No, I am. Yeah, maybe it's going to be a double bill. Okay, hang on. You're going to the cinema by yourself on Valentine's Day. That must mean that you're going to like an event of something. Mm -hmm. Is it true, man? No. Okay, I want to try and... I, I, yeah, I, I went to... Um, uh, there's a Wong Kar Wai season in the IFI. I know there is. Are you going to one of those? <laughs> yeah. Can Which you one? guess what the film is? Well, I went, to, I went to Days of Being Wild the other day. And oh, I went... Wow. It was great. And I went to... I'm going to Chungking Express on yeah, Saturday. Belfast, on my sadly. fucking own. Yeah, because there's, there's almost no seats left. Mm. I'm going to Heat <laughs> in the IFI on Monday. <laughs> On the 13th. So I'm just living in the IFI these well, days. Well, I'm going to In the Mood for Love oh on God. Valentine's Day by myself. That's brilliant. I'm going with Higgs next Sunday. Oh, no way. <laughs> so, I was very much like, I was getting the ticket and I'm like, will I just like try and scare up a date or something? You can't go and see Wong Kar Wai's In the Mood Sorry, for can Love I, on Valentine's can, Day. Can we go back to the phrase scare up a date? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Tom Jones over here. <laughs> but also, you, cast know, the net out but there, you know what's going to happen now, don't you? What's going to happen? You're going to meet someone. Do you the, reckon? Yeah. 
this is the perfect possible meat cute. If films have taught me anything, Greg. I don't know. The pattern of the seats that were taken did suggest that there will be a lot of couples. Maybe it's time for me to enter a trouble. I mean, I know I'm currently in one <laughs> with you guys. It, right? but <laughs> yeah, you, are, you have been the Unahili of this podcast for, for quite some time. <laughs> oh my God. So fair what enough. What is going on there, by the way? Or someone could that be listening to this right now who might have had a long-term crush on Craig mm-hmm. and be like, I'm also going to A couple of people. Okay. Right. <laughs> I'm pushing this trouble angle. <laughs> what would you do if somebody was like, oh, I can't believe it. I'm, I'm here on my own as well, you know? I don't know what voice I'm going for there. In what context? Someone approaches you and you're like... In the cinema? Yeah, not during the film, but okay, like well, after. Would break so many rules. Like, I would be like, get out of my okay. face. <laughs> More to the point. Uh, first of all, can we get an update on this next week? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, second of all, um, why did you make this decision? Um, because I wanted to go to see Chunking Express, but I couldn't because I'll be away. And uh, I think In the Mood for Love might be my favourite of his I've films. never seen it. Uh, oh, have you not? No, and I haven't seen okay. Days of Being Wild either. I have seen Chungking Express, which is amazing. It is brilliant. And I'm really looking yeah. forward to seeing it on the yeah. screen, even if I'm going to have to crack my fucking neck in the second row. Uh, yeah, I'm not far away from the, the front row either. Um, I actually got into Wong Kar Wai through Hot Press before working there. <laughs> well, so it, was it was like a Tara good. Brady it was good for something. Him. Yeah, it actually got me into a really good director. Okay. Who knew? Who knew? For something. Well, Hot Press... Know. Uh, brought us a lot of things, Craig. It brought us together, of course, for the course, show. Yeah, and for it, better or worse. And it, it's funny because, like, the, the, the theme of this show, this, this, this episode of this show of No Encore, we're back to a top five, our first of the year, and, you know, it being Valentine's Day. Uh, we've done anti love songs. Yes. So we're going, we're taking another a similar misanthropic bent this time. Mm-hmm. We're doing top five breakup songs. We are. Best and worst. You're on worst. I am. I'd say it was probably an easier task for me because lots of great breakup songs. Yeah. It kind of became like, Oh, let's do love songs. Yeah, Just like every song ever. Um, yeah, it was tough narrowing down. Very, very tough. But as I um, as I breathlessly worked to tie this in as well, um, there's another reason why we're doing top five breakup songs. Yeah, also very, very tough. And uh, with that in mind, do you want to talk about it? Uh, no, <laughs> let's move on with the show. Yeah, a bit of news. We're we're just back, and um, I've got an announcement. Um, so, listener, if you're operating heavy machinery, trying to cross the road. Or just standing, maybe sit down, calm down, and try and take this in. No one's going to care, but um, I people, deeply care. People, people, <laughs> people will care. care. Um, yeah, so hate to announce this on the same day that um, Nobby announced he was leaving the Strawberry Alarm Clock on FM 104. Um, but as the Nobby of No Encore, this is the end. To quote Jim Morrison, my favourite <laughs> rock star, poet, um, Lizard King. He's nailing this. Yeah, I'm not nailing this. Yeah, so this is not my last episode, but it, the last episode is fast approaching. I'm very sorry, genuinely, to say. Um, so, yeah, guys, we've been having chats since the Christmas break, um, mulling things over in January, and I kind of came to you guys and said, I mean, the listener will be aware of how slammed all of us are and how often we complain a little bit about our workloads and stuff, and... Um, yeah, it's just kind of become too much for me. So this is a life decision based on logistics, which is what you should always base your life decisions <laughs> on. Um, I'm still enjoying this. Not right now. I'm not enjoying this at all. <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> but being in this room with you guys every week, uh, last week's quiz really had gave me pause to be like, fuck, that was the most fun I've had all week. I can't believe I'm giving this up. Um, but just life stuff is getting in the way. Um, so... Yeah, that's kind of where we're at, and it's it's devastating, and it's probably a mistake. And um, 
but hey, most of my life decisions are. <laughs> Dave, say something. Yeah. Um, yeah, this isn't a bit, but No, way. it's not. Unfortunately, Craig is, in fact, leaving the show. Yeah. Um, at the end of the month, I guess, you're going to do a few more episodes. Yeah. It's not going to be yeah. not just I'm this one. February. Uh, yeah, I've known about this for a little while now, and it hasn't been fun to walk around with. Uh, this know. isn't designed to make you feel bad or anything. Well, I do already, so, <laughs> um, yeah, and I'm aware this has implications for the show. Yeah, massively, yeah. the co-host of. I should say as well at this point... Uh, to fans of the show, first of all, thanks for listening. Yes, yeah, <laughs> please continue to. Um, I don't quite know what the future of the show is at this point. Mm-hmm. That's been a huge issue. I've been walking around. Craig sent me a voice note. Uh, <laughs> this was uh, like just to, yeah, pull the curtain back. I was in Little. <laughs> oh my buying god! Some sparkling water. Didn't know that detail. We were supposed. We were all supposed to go out for drinks, and it was in that kind of weird, um, you know, post Christmas. Yeah, yeah, hinterland post Christmas day pre New Year's. And a bunch of us were going to go out for drinks that night, and I, and I look at my phone, and there's like a three-minute voice note from Craig, which is unusual <laughs> in and of itself. And I thought, the fucker, he's pulling out of the drinks. Like, something's come up, maybe he's unwell, I don't know. But I was like, here we fucking go. So I'm like, they're scanning my groceries, Craig, yeah. and I'm listening with one ear into, my, into this message. And I knew in about three seconds what it really was. Mm. And I was like, oh, it's gosh. a breakup text. I'm being, I'm, I'm being broken up with. That's what's happening. So that wasn't great. <laughs> and then we went out that night and it was like weird, <laughs> but it was fine. It was terrible timing because I've always got like dreadful timing. But um, we'd intended to kind of have chats we prior always to that. talk about the show and what we can do with it, you know, when you take a break and come back. Yeah. And, you know, like, yeah, like to be fair, like, you know, look, we can, we can do this all again before you leave fully, but... Uh, and look, it's one of those things where like, you know, and I'm, I'm sure I'll say this again when I begin to scramble in the post Craig episodes, whatever they may be, but like, it's a total fucking privilege and a real first world problem to be like, oh, what do I do with my podcast? You know, it's a yeah. podcast. We come into a room, we speak into microphone, but like yeah. no one, there's no sympathy to be thrown here at us and there's no always me story here at all and also for anyone who might care about that kind of thing Craig and I are still friends <laughs> it's all fine oh yeah, yeah but like friends. it does take work like doing a show takes work <laughs> and that's the reality of it and sometimes it can take more work than others in different weeks and there can be times when it can just drain you um, and usually you know you want it to be a fun outlet and usually it is um, I, I, I greatly enjoy doing it but unfortunately life gets in the way Bands don't stay together forever. Um, we've been doing this now for almost seven years, which is kind of insane. Ironically enough, it's been musical differences kind of keeping us together. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, I mean, that made me feel a bit sad. But um, look, I'll, I'll get all weepy and I'll get all, I'll, I'll you know, I'll do the eulogy. Uh, in, I'm not dying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll get all weepy like like when, when when it's time to do so. But for now, I will say that yeah, look, it's it's it sucks, but it's also it's life. These things happen, and I respect it. Uh, I, you know, I'm, you know, uh, wish it wasn't happening. I know, but yeah. you know, yeah. I wish, I wish we could do this full time. I wish I could yeah. work with you guys in whatever creative endeavor that happened to be as my actual so job. So get us up the charts not... tomorrow, everyone. Yeah, I mean, if that <laughs> Get on patreon.com slash no encore. <laughs> if any brands want to sponsor <laughs> Now's the time. Yeah, yeah, Now's yeah. the time. you we got need, three um... weeks to save Craig. Um, <laughs> like a bomb. Some bids. It's, like, it's like a bomb going <laughs> off. Let's up a GoFundMe. Like Die Hard too. Maybe so, yeah. we should have started with a GoFundMe and just, yeah. So I thought it'd be a fun thing to do to do breakup songs <laughs> yeah. because I've got a wicked bad sense of humor, I suppose. Um, yeah, look, it's... Uh, to be fair, and like I say, you know, when you finally leave the show in a few weeks' time, which will be here before we fucking know it, mm. I'll say much more nice things then. But I will say that, like, it's been an incredible thing. 
and it's been the best one it's been I the best I kind of don't want to talk about it too much now because I will start crying <laughs> I'm like, in the same boat it's been what six years at this uh, point almost seven. I, think, seven I think next month is seven and it was never supposed to be it was like it was always supposed to just be my show and then I brought Craig and Cullum in immediately and I realised yeah. straight away that it actually should be those guys then Dahi came on board Cullum left Dahi stayed Dahi left uh, came to me and you we've had incredible amounts of incredible guests here and there over the years whether one-offs or recurrent um, and it's been fun and it's been it, yeah. like you know I, I never would have done it I probably never would have done anything like that it, it, like it came at a time when I just left Top Press I was out of the kind of music game this has kind of kept me in it in a really really great way it's introduced me to loads of kind of new people Adam at the top of the list who are just fucking a huge part of my life and just the best people around as so often Dave you do you bring kind of great people together and me <laughs> and um, <laughs> uh, yeah it's been a huge part of my life uh, so I thank you Dave for that for you uh, again I don't want to I don't want to we'll do all that in a few yeah, weeks yeah. it's not happening now it's, and look, in fairness, let's push it down the road <laughs> but, yeah. yeah let's push it here down the road he's coming back he's coming yeah that's happening yeah, that's he heard us he heard the clarion call now you'll hear this and he'll be like him. what I can't believe it Yeah. so yeah push T's coming to Dublin everybody it's actually happening and we'll be there sure and standing awkwardly away from each other <laughs> at this point so going forward guys it's it's pick a side it's Craig or Dave you know <sighs> Yeah, Team Craig. And I will say, to anyone listening, by the way, who's like, oh, for fuck's sake, I can't stand Dave. Craig's my guy. Give me a chance, you know? I don't know what the future of the show is, but I'm not going anywhere just yet. There's been a lot of Dave content on the show. I would wager a bet that if people are listening, they're big Dave people. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if it's possible. As they should be. So yeah, okay. How are you feeling after that? Uh, emotionally drained. Um, can we just wrap it up? We just play some clips? And <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, no, there's a lot of show to get through and it's going to be fun. I'm going to relish every second I've got left. <laughs> well, I'm glad you said that because we're going to talk about grim. the Grammys well, yeah. <laughs> after this. Start spreading the news. You're going to miss him. Oh my God. All the drops, I can't. I'm just going to say that after every second. You're going to miss that <laughs> for the next two episodes. I'm make it unlistenable audio. Um, okay, right. Let's try and get over that um, that, that emotional horror that we've, we've all gone through. Mm. Skin and Rink, now in cinemas. Um, the Grammy Awards <laughs> took place, Craig. They yeah. provoked shock and poor journalism, my headline says here. Yeah, I enjoyed your headline. Um, the awards, I didn't watch. I saw bits of them as always. I, it felt slightly more newsworthy than years gone by. Yeah, um, there's a lot going on. Top of the headline generating bill was Harry Styles. Slain headliner himself this year. You going? <laughs> no. I've been to Slain <laughs> since 95... 95? Greatest, greatest American man of oh, all yeah, time. Okay. Well, why, 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 would you, why would you ever need to go again? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And before, just to cut across, Sonic Architect Adam here, listener. Um, Devastated Sonic uh, Architect Adam. Uh, there's tears falling down my face. Has been since December. <laughs> um, what's your handle on Instagram and Twitter? Oh, at Craigie Slane. Come on. Oh, Slane. Yeah, Nothing I forgot that was in it. Yeah, that's my, <laughs> <laughs> it's my, it's my Maz name. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I think they've looked into like the roots of are we owed because of course Slane Castle is (laughs) is owned by um, not Lord Henry Slane, Lord Henry Mount Charles, Charles, yes, who uh, I have interviewed before and is a lovely bloke. But were his ancestors, Dave? I don't know. Maybe there's some some dodgy shenanigans in the background there. But were there Um, dodgy shenanigans at the Grammys? That's what people want to know because Harry Styles walked away with the Grammy for Album of the Year. That's enough of a shenanigan for me. Harry's house. um, He. 
vanquished Beyonce, amongst others, to claim this coveted gong and it pissed off just about everybody who felt that Queen Bey deserved it more and that institutional racism is the only possible explanation for the result. It should be said that Beyonce did win other awards on the night, resulting in her becoming the most awarded Grammy winner in history with 32 trophies to yeah. her name. Jay-Z has 24. What a house. I know, yeah. But it's Harry's house that we're here to talk about, though, isn't it? So, um, Young Harold further upset people when he concluded his speech, and we have the audio. I've been so, so inspired by every artist in this category with me at a lot of different times in my life. I listen to everyone in this category when I'm alone, and um, I think, like, on nights like tonight, it's obviously so important for us to remember that there is no such thing as best in music. Um, I don't think any of us sit in the studio thinking, making decisions based on what is gonna get us one of these. This is really, really kind. I'm so, so grateful. I'm gonna pass it over to my collaborators who are, I'm just so, uh, this doesn't happen to people like me very often and this is so, so nice. Thank you very, very much. Bless the man. So he, <laughs> as, as noticed, uh, or as noted rather, he's up against Beyonce and Bad Bunny, Lizzo, Adele, Kendrick Lamar, and I forget who else. So uh, people didn't like the speech, Craig. Do you know why they didn't like the speech? What part of it jumped out at you? Uh, people like me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, it's because he's white, I guess, a white bloke winning he said, the award. Yeah, this doesn't happen very often to people like me. And now that has led to a lot of people on Twitter, where else, getting very mad, and some critical pieces written as well. Um, it seems to be like a bit of a weird three-fold crooks thing, because you got people saying, he can't fucking say that because he's a straight white male. Which is nonsense. And they, yeah. they run the world. Then you got people saying... No, wait a minute. What he meant what what he meant by that was that he's queer. And it's like, well, he's never said he's queer, so we can't put that on him. And no. his sexual identity is his business, not ours. But of course, there are people out there who I think have every right to say that he has queer baited the fuck out of his fan base and beyond and he has. You know, you can question that if you well, want. Well being to. very supportive of that community. Of course. And um, I'm not and I'm not necessarily saying that what he's done is outright bad, but yeah. I do know people in the career community who who do roll their eyes at him and do think that he's co opted that and maybe, you know, it maybe it is a straight white man co opting that and maybe that 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 is bad behaviour. And then you have people saying, No no what he's really referring to is that he's working class. And I'm like, well, I don't know if he even is working class. I've looked this up, and I, I think he's somewhere in the, in, like, I think he's middle class. Like, I, I don't quite know the whole yeah, history. Yeah, I'm not into. Yeah, he's the son of a baker or something. But it's like, I don't think, he, like, he didn't. You know, it's it. It seems, I don't quite know what he meant by it. What do you think he meant by I it? I thought he was going for the I'm a working class lad from England. I used to work in a bakery. Well, but I didn't know yeah. folks owned the bakery. And the there is there is kind of always murmurings of like, oh, his uncle's actually in the business and you don't know what's well, going on. Well, the other on. angle that people have also kind of clung to is what he's referring to is that he comes from a TV talent show and was in a boy band and now is being taken seriously, quote unquote. Yeah. He didn't make it very clear. I'm not, I'm not saying he even had to. And I, I don't know about you, but I do find that the uproar over this like it's so it is like give me a break like I mean as I proved mere moments ago when you're having an emotional moment you will just say whatever pops into your mind and there was no kind of I don't think ill intention I do think it's like if he's going for I think there is two valid things there of I always used to assume he was kind of from a more working class background because that seemed to be how his story was at least painted and he was portrayed um so I'm going to give him benefit of the doubt on that one um 
the reality show beginning thing is less so for me. The only thing is now at this point he's had such a kind of a career already and such fame and he's transitioned away from that years ago. So should he still be constantly surprised that like stuff is happening to him on this level? I mean, that, those things are kind of behind him. I mean, I think that's up to him emotionally. I think he's, is he the first like British artist or even British solo artist or male or whatever to win a Grammy since like 89 or something? I, I don't oh, really? know. He, I think it's been, I could be wrong on that one. That may be something I read during the week. My, my brain has collapsed in itself, but I, I don't think it happens terribly often for British male pop stars. I don't know. Mm. Um, also, like, I can't believe people care about the Grammys again. I thought we were, like, I, th- I thought it wasn't yeah, important know. anymore, but people are furious. And also, like, I mean, look, this is one of those tricky ones where I don't want to say the wrong thing desperately, but, like, I don't think your ethnicity or your sexuality should preclude you from winning an award, but I also don't think that, that it means that you should win an award either no. uh, on a basic level. Like, I think that the Beyonce album is a better album. I think the Kendrick album is a better album. I think the Bad Bunny album is a better album. Yeah. I think they're demonstrably better albums than him. They didn't win. I don't know. I mean, like, I didn't, like, I I don't think it's the worst thing of all time that Harry Styles won this award. I do agree that straight white men have, without question, I am one, have had insane privilege and will continue to have forever. But yeah. I also don't think just give the award to Beyonce because we like Beyonce. That goes further, though, for me, because I just think that we live in, and he may well be benefiting of this as well. I think we live in the time where the artist wins before the, uh, the work does. But I also don't know how the Grammy thing is judged. I know the Nile Nine podcast and Andrea did a really good episode on that a long time ago mm. about what goes into winning a Grammy. But I do think that we live in the age of the personality, the cult of personality. And for whatever reason, Harry Styles walked away with this award. He seems surprised by it. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, I just, I, don't, I, I would have been totally fine with Beyonce winning that award. But she didn't get the fuck over it. Like, does it really matter? And also, I mean, you know, if you were to say the same of Beyonce, it being like, this doesn't happen to people like me. I mean, she is now the record winning. Like, she has a lot of Grammys already. It's not like she has been She's missing the most out Grammys. year on year. Yeah. Like Bjork, for instance, who still doesn't have a Grammy. That's something I'm outraged <laughs> really? by. She missed out again. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'd like do like it Beyonce, even matters. Do you think Beyonce cares? No. She does Probably. Not care. Maybe. Like, Possibly. I like I probably I, I do you mean, pro- mean about the loss or about the whole yeah about like not winning I'd say she does yeah I'd say she does Did she not pick up another one though yeah for dance album do you reckon she's got like a Ronaldo mindset where it's all about the record and like I'd the, say at this stage <laughs> probably, I, at this maybe. stage I would say which is be why, that driven when money of course, doesn't matter I, anymore like, yeah. both Beyonce and Jay Z like I mean like like they're business people uh, as well as musicians like yeah. huge like they they are they are titans of the industry yeah. and this stuff does matter you know absolutely they, that she would want to win that award definitely. Yeah. Anyway, look. Also, Beyonce, I mean, her album, like she... she it's a really good album. She, and she acknowledged herself that like this was um, music that originated from the, you know, queer culture and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Meanwhile, recently playing Dubai, you know, yeah. first live show since it came out. You didn't try to get tickets for the Renaissance tour, did you? <laughs> yeah. You're not going to Sunderland, are you? <laughs> All I'm saying is there's no innocent bystanders. I was on, um, wow, you, you love that line. <laughs> I do love that line. <laughs> get yourself, you, you should get yourself cancelled before you leave the show. Um, I, was on, uh, I was on Today FM on Friday, I was on, on with Matt Cooper, and we yeah. were talking about Beyonce and Madonna not coming to Ireland and such, and at one stage Matt Cooper was like, look where she's playing, and he goes, uh, he goes, he goes, she's playing in Sunderland, he goes, which with all due respect, I think, you know, some people would refer to it as a bit of a dump, and I was like, jeez. Jesus. And then like t- someone texted in and they were like, Matt, if someone was Quinn anywhere in Ireland out of a dump, you'd pull them up on it. And I was like, I'm just gonna step in here, defend Sunderland for a second. It was uh, it was wild radio, Craig, so it was entertaining stuff. Oh my God. But also entertaining stuff was the uh, big surprise. 
uh, when an unknown blues singer, apparently, <laughs> according to some websites, scooped the Song of the Year award. Um, who am I talking about here, Craig, of course? You're talking about um, Bonnie Wraith, is Bonnie, that her name? Bonnie Wraith, yeah. Winning it, yeah, never heard of her before. Had you never heard of her before? Are you serious? No, I'm joking. Okay, right. <laughs> That's funny, right? Yeah. Sorry. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee, yeah. of course. Uh, legendary singer. She won Song of the Year for a song called Just Like That, which is quite a lovely song, actually. It is actually very nice, Which yeah. was a big surprise, and she was very surprised. Let's have a listen to what her reaction was to scooping this coveted award. This story was so simple and so beautiful for these times, and people have been responding to the song partly because of how much I love and we all love John Prine and that was the inspiration for the music for this song and telling a story from the inside and I I'm thank I just I don't write a lot of songs but I'm so proud that you appreciate this one and what this means for me and for the rest of the songwriters who I would not be up here tonight if it wasn't for the art of the great soul digging hard working people that put these songs and ideas to music. So I thank my team for helping me get this record out and thank you so much. I'm just totally humbled. I really appreciate it. Thank you. A nice moment. Mm. Ruined by tabloid journalism shortly <laughs> afterwards because uh, I happened to notice Donald Clark, the Irish Times film critic, dragging Joe, uh, my now former employer on, uh, on Twitter, <laughs> I left Joe at the end of 2022. I, I, I just couldn't really handle it anymore, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. Um, Not a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> My second time leaving. Um, so there's two Joe websites, but I just, just for the record, there's a Joe UK and an Irish Joe website where they share content together. Uh, Donald Clark put up a screenshot of Joe UK's uh, headline on this, and the headline was, Shock as unknown blues singer beats Beyonce, Adele, Taylor Swift to win Song of the Year Grammy. Not a good look, um, and I'm happy to provide some behind-the-curtain insight on this. Mm. Very SEO-friendly headline there as well. You'll notice getting Beyonce, Adele, and Taylor yeah, Swift yeah, into yeah, the headline. you got to get that green light for SEO, guys. That, that's what you got to do when you're writing these kind of pieces. So, now, I should say, um, I don't want to, you know, talk too much smack <laughs> on, a, on, on, on a place I used to work in. Yeah. But Are we getting an inside scoop here? It's just a well, I mean, Joey Leaks. Why don't you ask me some questions about, you know, I think you, you know how this stuff works. Everyone should know by now. that It's all very transparent, isn't it? About to drive for kind of clicks. And, and engagement yeah. and so on and so forth. So do you think this was a cynical move or my, my gut was the timing of it around about a bank holiday, it was probably pushed out there without much oversight. It wasn't a bank holiday in the UK though and that's where the story originated from. Okay. So, it's Um, more a case of like, there isn't, and for my, like, I will say that the editorial stance on the UK side of the Joe website for the first start uh, is a lot more tabloid leaning than the Irish one would be, but unfortunately it is cross-pollinating going forward and that's what gets the clicks. Um, But there aren't like, there aren't these nefarious meetings where people go, what can we do today to piss people off? There aren't these blueprint things necessarily. It's it's actually a lot more depressingly lazy than that one, unfortunately. And I mean, ultimately, I wasn't surprised, I will say, to learn that actually the Daily Mail did this first. They ah. put out a story that had the phrase unknown blues singer in their headline. 
And unfortunately, Penny drops. Unfortunately, like, listen, I'm I'm not like you know I've I, I've I, I've written my fair share of you know you, you could say clickbait headlines. I would like to think that you can put a hook. you read the Daily Mail religiously. <laughs> we all know. <laughs> no, I don't. You could put um. I think a headline can have a hook. I think that's fine. I think you need in some cases to be like, well, if I'm going to write this piece, you know, you got to hold something back. You got to get the click, whatever the fuck. I don't agree with you know being. I don't agree with taking the piss out of somebody. I think if you have enough substance in the piece and have a hook in your headline that's a bit provocative, that's okay. Yeah. But there are cut and dry bullshit moments like this one. So it's one of two things. Either the guy who wrote it just copied the fucking Daily Mail because he saw it did well over there, which is the most likely answer. And the other option is that he simply didn't know who Bonnie Raitt was, which is also a possibility. Either way, it's quite poor. It doesn't take a lot of work to Google and just realize, you know, maybe go in a different direction. It's no surprise that the headline stayed up, though, because it probably got enough engagement. And even if it's negative and even if a tweet like that one that makes you look bad. So a call was made to be like, actually, let's keep this going. Probably. I can't say that. I wasn't there. But it wouldn't surprise me. I've seen instances like this in the past, not just with Joe, but with other websites of this kind of nature, particularly more tabloid ones. Um, And I understand it, but I I think it's quite shit. Um, People only care about numbers, though. It's, if, if traffic and engagement is your is your end goal, if you got quotas to hit per month, yeah. and something takes off, even if it makes you look bad, the bean counters don't care. Essentially, and there isn't enough people. There isn't enough resources for a start. It should be noted that there are lots of great people who do work for the Joe side, particularly in Ireland, who I worked with, and I'm not looking to throw them under the bus. And like I say, I am definitely guilty of contributing to this. Although I tried my best to not do so yeah. where possible, yeah. but it's just not surprising. And it's continual and it's ignorant and it's bullshit and it's cynical as fuck. And it's not surprising as well. Daily Mail like changed their headline eventually, but they changed their headline to a typically like overwritten headline and it was college dropout who battled drug and alcohol abuse until Prince in block capitals helped her get sober. The incredible life of 73-year-old blues singer Bonnie Raitt who beat Taylor Swift and Beyonce for a song of the year at the Grammy. So again, SEO, yeah, yeah, yeah. get all the, the buzzword, to, like all, all the search terms in, no problem. But look, uh, this is like, did you see the news that BuzzFeed is now going to start using AI, AI to generate Yeah, of course, stuff yeah. Like, that screams to me, like, if you're, it's that, like, mechanical, you might as well just get a fucking AI. Well, what's happening at the moment, <laughs> like, like, there's so much contra-aggregation happening. And, like, I, like, you know, it's it's that tricky thing where it's like, okay, let's say, for example, the first thing that came to my head there was Ray Liotta dies, which he died last year. Mm-hmm. I wrote, like, a very quick story on it for Joe. You cite the website Deadline Hollywood or Hollywood Reporter, whoever it yeah. is. You take the details from there. Like, I don't have a contact in the LA movie scene. Mm-hmm. So you take as much as you can from another website while putting in a link, credit to them, etc. And there were plenty of times where I was like, what is the point of this? Like, this is just mechanical. Now, in fairness, you know, I do think that Joe in particular, I think in a little while ago, you know, back before it was kind of brought to its knees by a fucking scandal, but like, there was good work happening. There was good original long form work happening. I'd like to think that I contributed to that as well. Yeah, and there was a good team of people. Was great stuff. There was a great team. But it collapsed. It, it collapsed. it collapsed because of the fucking avarice of other people. And I think that ultimately, right now, the direction it's on, it's not one I want to be part of anymore. That's one of the many reasons why I left. But that's my own personal business. I'm probably sharing too much here. People probably don't even fucking care. But what I would say is this kind of stuff is one of two things it's either genuine ignorance or it is cynical. And in this case, it's just like, like, why leave yourself open, you know, to such an obvious, like, people are going to come along and be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I don't, I don't subscribe to this idea that it doesn't matter as long as the name's out there. It doesn't matter as long as the traffic is coming in. It doesn't yeah. matter as long as we have 400 comments. Because that's another thing where it's like, 
And I, I think about this with, like, say, like football Twitter accounts, like the, the official Man United Twitter account, right? Yeah. If the vast majority of the comments underneath your tweet are either full of racism or abuse or homophobia or just psychopaths saying, like, you know, sign Ronaldo or something, how is that in any way valuable? When you go to your shareholders or, or to whoever, clients, whatever, and you're like, look at our engagement rates, they're through the fucking roof. But none of this is in any way valuable. None of this it is, is even... advertisers. A, Huh? How? Advertisers, but like, like how? Like, like, how is this sellable? I, I, I don't get it. You, like, you work in advertising. You yeah. tell me. Yeah. Well, it's more, it's advertising that I'm not really that involved with because it's quick click stuff and like instant sell CTA stuff and banners and things like that. Um, and yeah, it boggles my mind that they seem to work, but it's big business, so. It's all just about traffic. Um, thankfully, it's not most of what I, I'm <laughs> engaged with. But yeah, it's it's huge business. Data, fucking banners. Yeah, I don't it's, know. It's I just grim. I just saw this and I was just like, "Fuck's sake, guys, come on!" In the actual story, the content of the Joe story, surely there was a lot of padding of like who this winner is, and surely at that point of you piecing together this piece, you realise that like from a fucking cursory glance at the Wikipedia, that they're actually a pretty established artist. Probably, you know I mean? yeah, probably. But I, I, I honestly don't think that the brain engages to that end, okay, especially yeah. when you're just copying and pasting from another website that has done it 24 hours previously and yeah, yeah, you've yeah. seen how well their face pages have done. That, that, that unfortunately is the remit. And I'm not talking out of school there. It, it's very easy to see this right now. It it's strikes just, me as a direct lift. But <laughs> also, strikes me as, but also, like, last thing I'll that. say on this is, like, yeah. it, it was shocking that Bonnie Raitt won that award. Mm-hmm. You don't need to call her an unknown blues singer. You could say legendary blues singer. Yes. What's the difference? You know, I think he's still going to get traffic, but no, it doesn't matter. And that's the problem. Like, I mean, if it bleeds, it leads. You've seen all these fucking quote unquote stories about like hor- horrific murders in like countries that we will never go to. But again, people click them. This yeah. is the problem. So anyway, look, um, I've had my rant. Yeah. But I'm not the only one who ranted this week on Twitter. An unknown record producer going by the name of Steve Albini. (laughs) (laughs) You've put this in just to rile me up. It's been everywhere on Twitter, though. The conversation's still going. I didn't try and rile you. Did did he rile you up and why? Um, No, because I enjoy Steve Albini's um, bitter takes on the world and he's just doing his Steve Albini job, isn't he? Uh, This time his ire was directed at... The wonderful Yacht Rock Collective, as you have in the headline, that is my beloved Steely Dan. Or, as you like to call them, the, the Dan. Dan. which he also takes umbrage with. Go trim your beard, says Steve Albini, if you refer to them as the Dan. Craig doesn't have a beard. I can't grow a beard, Steve. Um, <laughs> a bit like yourself. <laughs> he outlined his reasons for hating the Dan. Um, yeah, so he pronounced on... Um, on Twitter, he'll always be the kind of punk that shits on Steely Dan. Christ, the amount of human effort wasted to sound like an SNL band warm-up, which is very funny. Then he went into his reasons. And he was kind of using like the kind of counter-arguments that were going to come his way, which of course did flood in because the Dan are huge on Twitter at this point in time. So yeah, they spent three weeks on the guitar solo. Three weeks of watching guitar players give it their all while doing bumps and hitting the talk back. More <laughs> Egyptian, but keep it in the pocket. <laughs> Which is like, what is bad about that? That sounds like a fine way to record an album. Look at yourselves calling them the Dan. Go trim your beard. Great. Two types of perfectionist. One will prepare, revise, and rehe- rehearse carefully with intent, honing an idea to a keen edge, ready to cut the clod of execution. The other makes other people responsible by saying, do it again until by chance they are satisfied, then take credit. Eh, I think that's a poor call. 
Um, there's some video he continues where they talk about every song on an album and each one begins with the not bald one, I don't love that, saying, quote, This song is based on my deep love of the blues, just a very bluesy blues, deep blues, then lays his jazz dork hands on the fucking electric piano. I mean, jazz? Give me jazz over the blues any day, Steve. Music made for the sole purpose of letting the wedding band stretch out a little. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, finally, all you I used to hate them people pleading their case like it's a natural infirmity. I need readers now. Take pills for my prostate. Get winded on the stairs. And oh, I like that cocaine shit music now. Not just Bo- uh, Boz Skaggs either. I kind of like Boz Skaggs though. And uh, yeah, but there was an uproar online. What prompted this? Was there some reason? I think it was just him venting, was okay, it? Okay, well, he, yeah, he he will do that, I suppose. Yeah. Um, He's been engaged with, though, the Dan community of Come Out and Force. I mean, I don't think they're doing themselves any favours. I, I think the Dan community is wry and ironic enough to be like, oh, Steve, do you know what I mean? <laughs> they're a bit Teflon to trolling because probably why they deserve to be trolled because they think they're above the trolling. Um, I haven't loved the whole Danissance but I did kind of hitch my wagon to it at the same time. Do You're you know part what I mean? of it, man. I'm part of the problem. Yeah. Um, but I just keep going back to the music, man. It's all Adam, about the music for me. As a sonic architect, did anything Steve Albini said in his rant there, particularly about production details, resonate with you? I mean, I thought it was kind of funny about him saying the duality of the perfectionist, where like someone will be saying, do it again until like whatever. I guarantee he was one of those idiots that was like barking those orders down the talk back so oh, wow, okay. um, yeah I'm not a Phone fan Steve Albini an idiot I'm not a fan I'm not a fan of him I mean I think his work speaks for itself but I, oh. I'm not a fan of him as a human being I don't think he's a good guy well I heard uh, Zara Hedeman's Imro podcast this week and she had Mail that band on oh yeah, yeah. they had a really good album last week and they said that they toured with Shellac Shellac yes Shellac yeah and that the lads including Steve Albini couldn't have been nicer Super sound. I mean, if he was super sound, he wouldn't have gone for the jugular of the Dan. Yeah, here, here. It's an easy target. Well, the Dan is a great name, by the way. The Dan. Yeah. (laughs) This is a man that is, um, trigger warning, being in bands called Rape Man before and like Big Black and stuff. It's just, you know... Really, is there a problem with the Dan? It was the punk scene. It was a different time. I don't know. Yeah, I've never... Just, but he's still... Uh, he's st- Like, even the fact he's still like, I'm always going to be one of those punks that rails yeah, against yeah, the yeah, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Well done, Steve. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Go back to your poker. Like, uh, I adore Inutero. I adore your Pixies work. I adore so much of your stuff. But Kid Charlemagne by Steve Dan is more hardcore than anything you've laid down, my friend. Okay. Speaking of outbursts, <laughs> there have been many an outburst this week, including in the studio. One caught my ears and I swear to God, man, the more I hear this clip, the more infuriated I get. Oh, yes. Let's hear from Swedish pop sensation Zara Larsson. We need to talk about this. I'm about to go to a movie and it made me think like, people say, oh, if you want to talk during a movie, you shouldn't go to the cinema. Uh, lies. If you don't want to hear people talking during a movie, you shouldn't go to the cinema because, like, isn't the whole thing about watching something with other people in the same room to like experience it together and laugh and scream and have full on analysis about the characters, like, while you're watching it? If you want to sit in silence like a fucking stone, just go home. Like, and yeah, sorry, I'm that person. I am that person. Take me to fucking jail. I'm going to be disrespectful every time because I will 
I will say things. I will say things during the movie. I will I will say a lot of things during the movie. Yum, 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 that's me. And and that's just what it should be like. I feel like we should change the culture around going and see a movie. It should always be chitty chatty in the cinema. That's just my opinion. I have never mentally seen Dave wind up like I just oh did my God. now. It was like watching a clock turn. <laughs> I just, I don't even know where to begin. Should always be chitty chatty in the cinema. Always. It should always be chitty chatty in the cinema. How do you always. feel about changing the culture of how we watch movies, Dave? Is she fucking CM Punk? Like, what is this? <laughs> also, when she went, lies, I was like, I'm, I'm going to kill you. I was just like, no, like, I mean, listen, um, I did say that, uh, you know, I'm, I am I am tragically single and Valentine's Day is coming up and Zara Larson seems like a nice young woman. She's very photogenic as well. Uh, I couldn't possibly go on a date with her to the cinema. <laughs> this, this is impossible. I just don't, like, I don't get it. Like, now, I think she has commented on this a little bit further. This was on a TikTok, by the way, you know, where people just say things and do yeah. stuff. Um, she's promoting a new single, so, you know, she got some good PR out of this, I presume. I think she has clarified her com clarified her comments, uh, like like <laughs> a political statement. Um, she did. I think she did say something like, you know, look, it's different in Sweden. The crowds are all quite, you know, they don't do much, and I'm I'm not used to that. Blah blah blah. blah. She might have mentioned the filmmaker Ruben Usland as being on her side. I I can't quite recall. The point is, I I accept that. Look, the world changes, and like it's funny because you're going from one extreme to the other here. You're going from crusty old punk Steve Albini to, you know, twenty five year old. Is she a Gen Zer? Yeah, she would be. Yeah, Sarah Larson. And like, I think you know, I haven't kept up with her music too much, but she seems to have a big internet presence. Seems to be a very outspoken, fearless young woman, and good for mm -hmm. her. Um, but also, like, you're 25, you're not 15. Like, this is very, like, you can't go to the fucking cinema. Like, I think it's contextual. This thing of like, it should always be chitty. Like, I went to see fucking Megan. Right? It should never be chitty chatty. It depends. Unless on the you're going film. to see the room or something. That's what I'm saying. Stuff that's, the screen. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I went to see Mithrigan in the Lighthouse there on, on opening night, right? <laughs> and yourself on that there. And I swear to God, man, it was like that time you went to see Die Hard in Times Square. People, oh, no, people that were, people were literally yeah, screaming no. yeah. throughout this film. I could, like, I've heard quieter crowds at a wrestling show, and I will say I found it a bit unnerving. I thought it was a bit too much, but at the same time. Can't really have a go at it. That film was designed to get that reaction, especially on opening night. Fine. People had a great time. I had a mild time. But like, if that happened during, say, Tar, which I went to see on the same day, yeah. that'd be a big fucking problem. There's yeah. a context to it. And that's why I didn't go see Skin and in the cinema because I was like, what if people are coming here for a random horror and they don't understand what they're walking into? You know, the cinema what is if very. They don't get it like I. That's get not it. what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. You know what? Let's you just wrap it up. Trust let's, people. Let's, let's just wrap it up now, okay? I don't need you for two more episodes. You're done. You're, You're done. also trying to get rid of Adam earlier on when he took a second with a clip. Firing all up like Lord Ha Ha in your bunker. Yeah. <laughs> firing all cylinders uh, as I can feel my my nose block even further. I just like. The cinema is something I, I love going to yes. and I think that there's something very romantic about going into a, this building full of strangers and everyone just shutting the fuck up. Yeah, Apart from, you know, if it's scary, you, you scream. If I mean, it's funny, yeah. you she laugh. She had me for, like, at the part of like experiencing it together, laugh together, scream together, do full-on character analysis <laughs> What? What on earth? What are you talking about? <laughs> That's full-on like, what, so the cops knew Infernal Affairs yeah. were setting them up? Like, yeah. And I, like, I just, you know, I appreciate that the more time has gone on, the maybe the less patience people have for going to a movie and shutting the fuck up for two hours, three hours at a time. Mm. 
but don't take it away. Change the culture. Like, th- like this, this can't be. You can't like, th- like Zara Larson must be stopped. Yeah, I'm sorry, but she has to be stopped now. This is too much. This is like, uh, this is awful. I couldn't believe. Like, I, like, oh, it's just. <laughs> no, do you think is she? Trolling. Is Probably, she over egging yeah. it? I'd say she so, knows yeah. this is going to get a reaction. Like, well, fucking mission accomplished. <laughs> this podcast just gave that new single free publicity. <sighs> I didn't say what it was called, though. Um, <laughs> so, if she's, so you're saying if she's free, Valentine's Day, you're not. Actually, in, the in single the is called. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, it's more of a moral thing, Craig. I'm 13 years older than her, and I, I just don't know if we'd have that much in common. Fair, I fair. think uh, her song is called Can't Tame Her, which might very well fall into what she's talking about. But, like, <laughs> I don't know. I just, the whole thing is just like, fine. Maybe it's just out there. Maybe it's just like to fucking, it is designed to wind people up. But like, there's nothing fucking worse, man, than terrible cinema etiquette. It's awful. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, wholeheartedly agree. Because you're kind of trapped there as well. It's just, there's actually the worst thing is the anticipation of bad behavior. You know, when you're there and you're just like, you either see people coming in, you're like, oh no, this is like, (laughs) I can can tell from the vibe. The vibe is usually, it's like 10, 15 year olds in hoodies. (laughs) But like, I remember going to see like Mission Impossible Fallout and these lads had like a scrap in the front row at one stage. A fucking shoe flew over my head. That sounds kind of fun. It was kind of fun, but also was like, Ethan Hunt's doing stuff, lads. I'm trying to, you know, tune into this. When I went to see Tower, um, some old man stood up in his seat for two minutes and I was like what's he gonna do is he gonna pull out a fucking gun was it just out of pure suspense or like maybe he was just stretching his legs it was a long movie I, I don't quite know <laughs> I don't quite know what was happening but like I just like yeah it's it, it's 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 getting worse and if you have rhetoric hateful rhetoric like this sweeping the TikTok you know it's a, is it getting worse though I think it might be I mean, it's 15 Craig, years. I don't think you're in a position. You don't go. Yeah, yeah. go, go twice. It's 15 years since you've twice. gone to the cinema. <laughs> it's 15 years since I saw Live Free or Die Hard. And in New York, yeah. In New York. And that was one of the best cinema experiences of my life because people were speaking directly at the screen. What happened the first time John McClane killed somebody? It wasn't the first time. Oh, sorry. The first time he killed someone, yeah, was with a fire extinguisher in a hallway and there was a standing ovation. <laughs> standing ovation. <laughs> <laughs> and just like whooping and clapping. And um, yeah, the finale was, no spoilers for... Um, you can spoil <laughs> Die Hard 4. 4. 4.0. Yeah. Come on. You can spoil Die Hard 4. All right, he ends up getting disposing of the bad guy. Timothy Oliphant, the great Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, yeah. By um, shooting himself. Uh, or as one man put it, who, as it happened, <laughs> stood up out of his seat, went into the aisle and was just staring at the screen in disbelief, too looking much, around too and being like, are you people seeing this? <laughs> <laughs> and then he exclaimed, <laughs> he shot himself to shoot somebody else. <laughs> and everyone was just like, yeah! <laughs> it was the best yeah. popcorn flying. It was great. So, you know, maybe she has a point. It depends on the cinema, it depends on it the does. film, it depends on the time of day, it depends on the day of the week. It can't be an everything thing. It just can't be. Yeah. The, the only time... If Does I, he fucking sit in Paradiso and people are screaming? <laughs> no, thank you. And if I could offer up uh, an anecdote that I have as well. The yeah. only time... In Ireland, the only time I've ever seen people like go wild in the cinema is when I went to see Avengers Endgame. Okay. And 
it was like that moment where on your left no it was yeah Captain America no he grabbed the oh the hammer, the yeah, hammer yeah, yeah. and everyone was like yeah that's that's fine and I that's a Marvel movie and it's loved that. that's fine yeah, that's yeah. what that is like, like that's fucking popcorn that's, movie that's it's a popcorn movie and that also get. was like you know I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of that franchise but like that at least built for a long time oh, yeah, yeah. and it's a hell of a moment I think if that if like any film that's designed yeah, that's yeah, designed yeah, exactly, to have people cheer exactly. have you ever seen those like reaction videos of like um, oh hipster God. Brooklyn bars where everyone's gathered to watch like the Game of Thrones finale <laughs> I saw one for the Dimen- worst Dimension, <laughs> the Dimension and the Viper and, oh, it, yeah. it, and it was like people like in, 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 it's the most hipster booking thing I've ever seen in my entire life I was like Jesus Christ so many people that are convinced that they're the main character in the world as well do you know what I mean just like running conversations <sighs> and totally over egged oh yeah people who take phone calls in the cinema Guillotine. What? People That's do that. insanity. Yeah. People do that. I'm a, I, I'm actually Top Gun Maverick, man. Guy sitting behind me took a phone call. I'm in the cinema now. What's going on? I'm like, what What high-powered business meeting on a oh Saturday in Drada? People that answered the phone in 2023, the year of our Lord yeah, 2023, yeah. are very right, that, questionable. That's a whole other thing. That's a whole other thing. I, I can't understand people yeah, yeah, that yeah. don't answer the phone, to be honest. Oh, really? Yeah. No. Well, if you don't recognize, forward, right? if you don't recognize <laughs> the texting. number immediately, if it's you, sure. If it's some random number, I guarantee it's a scam. Yeah, probably. I don't know. It could be Zara Larson though. For that one chance you have, um, I have so many cinema stories, but I'll get to them some other time. Cinema stories, cinema stories, podcast. podcast. That's a whole separate <laughs> yeah. Hey, that could be the new podcast. Who knows? Oh, rebrand the cinema stories. We have lots more news stories, but we've done loads already. Yeah, so let's, let's not do all of them. Okay, you do. You, it's up to you, man. Whatever you think. We haven't talked about the fact that Burt Bacharach is dead yet. Oh yeah, sorry. Or just, I, just breaking news. R.I.P. Burt Bacharach. Yeah, very sad down. about that. Ninety-four years young, hell of a man, Good incredible innings. songbook, and also uh, thinking of Paddy Hanna during this time because Paddy oh, Hanna yeah. supported him yeah. on his most recent trip to Ireland, and Paddy put up a beautiful photograph, really nice photograph of yeah. the two together on his social accounts. Paddy's a great guy, former guest of the show. Yeah, and a massive fan. It was a huge moment for him. It was just massive. Like, yeah, yeah huge. Very, such very a cool sweet thing. And touching and there seemed to be a lot of those sweet touching moments associated with Burt Bacharach. Kind of like the Robert Redford or something of old school pop. Um, yeah, so many great songs. It's a big part of my kind of family's listening in life and stuff. So yeah, I mean, 94, great innings, but she's still very sad. It is sad. What a life though. Like, absolutely incredible. Imperious and will live forever. Yeah, I mean, I, I included some stories about like Roger Waters <laughs> re-recording Dark Side of the Moon and David Gilmer calling him like an anti-Semite, but I don't, I don't know I if I'm just, I think we can just go into top five. <laughs> that <laughs> felt like a pretty long news section. We had the preamble as well. Yeah, yeah. I can tell you exactly how long it is. Hang on. You don't need to tell us how long it is. Uh, the listener's going to know. Well, by way of a segue, over. I should reveal that um, just missing the cut for my on the show, five. is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, of for course. Birth. Sorry, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Um... Initially, my initial list ranked in at number two was Burt Bacharach and Elvis Costello um, doing God Give Me Strength. But I caught him <laughs> last night. Oh, for fuck's sake. When, yeah, I was just like, ah, I can't include Bert. I think I had him recently enough. He'll yeah, be fine. I don't, I've, I've, yeah. He'll be fine. Do you think he knew? Do you think that's what I think I killed him? This yeah. is like the time, kill him? This is like the time when I was living with Richard Chambers. Uh, what a six-part Virgin Media show that would be, by the way. Living with Richard Chambers. <laughs> um, I was living with Richard and I said to him one day, I was like, there hasn't been like a big celebrity death for a while. And I, we were kind of like speculating. And I was like, I was like, you feel like Max von Sydow's got to go soon. <gasps> then he died the next morning. Oh my God. The next fucking morning. And I was like, great. Well done, Dave. Good job. <laughs> Actually, do you want to give us the Bruce Springsteen story? Because it looks kind of interesting. Oh, yeah. 
Um, so this is pretty, um, this is a bit <laughs> depressing to my mind. So I, I was leading with um, Jack Antonoff, and I don't know why, because I never want to lead Jack Antonoff, but he was talking <laughs> about ticket hikes and, you know, everyone's uh, up in arms about the price of gigs these days. And he's saying, hey, don't blame me. It's not the artists. Uh, it's the model. It's kind of Ticketmaster's weird dynamic, dynamic pricing, pricing model yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, I kind of tend to agree with him, load as I am to say it. I mean, I don't think artists are... It's like one of the few remaining areas where they can actually make some money. They're not setting the prices. Um, this was the argument, though, that Bruce Springsteen made um, when there was uproar at how much fans were being asked to pay. Um, fans apparently for were being asked to pay up to $5,000 for some tickets. To Bruce Springsteen? Yeah, for his upcoming world tour. And this was the dynamic pricing thing. I'm guessing it's some weird, like, upper tier, ultimate, golden circle, VIP thing, maybe with a meet and greet. But I thought he was a blue collar hero who never... The boss, yeah. Sold, sold, sold his back catalogue for $500 million and yet people still think that he like, you know, lives in a one bedroom apartment or something over a highway. <laughs> it's like, this That's is one of the... He's been for like 50 years. Yeah. yeah. Like... Well, you know why he's called the boss, right? Because he used to be like in charge of the money. Like with the E Street Band, he was like he'd like give everyone out their fair share at the end of the night, which is like they were like thanks, boss, and so he became the boss. But also, I recently learned that he doesn't like he has them on a salary. The E Street Band are a salary band; they don't get any royalties from any recordings oh, or anything geez, like that. They're session Christ. musicians. I'm just like Bruce. I know you're old school. Yeah, the tables have turned. Yeah, well, the the. Big kind of issue um, coming out of this from the the ticket rising thing is that one of his own fanzines has now closed down because they're so disillusioned with Bruce Springsteen. Um, Backstreets, which is like this periodic magazine that's been covering Springsteen and the session musicians that are the history band since 1980, has shut down. Um, they've said it's directly because of this dynamic pricing system that he's taken on. Um, it's going to freeze fans out. And they said, yeah, we're just not doing it anymore. Publisher and editor-in-chief uh, Christopher Phillips wrote about the closure in a new editorial. Um, to quote, after 43 years of publishing in one form or another, by fans, for fans of Bruce Springsteen, it's with mixed emotions, got mixed emotions, that we announced Backstreets has reached the end of the road. Um, yeah, it's... What you make of it, Dave? I think 43 years is the real headline here and the fact that, like, someone after all this time... Yeah. It's quite a stance to take, and I respect it. I like Bruce Springsteen. He seems cool. But I think that we're kidding ourselves if we don't think that he is the beneficiary of corporate avarice for many, many years now. And again, I think there has been some opposition from the Bruce Springsteen camp towards dynamic pricing, while also kind of simultaneously defending the practice in a weird way. Uh, he is a business. He is just as big of a brand as a Beyonce or a Taylor Swift or a Madonna yeah. or whichever pop star du jour you want to think of. He should have a TM next to his name. Uh, he seems like a good dude. But he also is someone who, you know, has probably probably has a fucking Scrooge McDuck style bank fault at his gaff. Yeah, and he does like in that statement that he put out, he kind of claims ignorance a little bit. Like he got, he does acknowledge that to quote, ticket buying has gotten very confusing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> come on, I don't know what's going on here at all. I'm just an old man. <laughs> Subtext: What's the internet? Like? I mean, <laughs> he's got such a nice guy routine down that maybe behind closed doors, you know. I've never heard anything particularly bad, but he's just a, he's a businessman. He's man. a businessman. Yeah. Yeah. He's a businessman. You, you don't get to where you are without being a bit ruthless. Yeah, for that long as well. Yeah. Right. We'll break up with Bruce Springsteen. 
and we'll get into our top five, mm, which is all about breakups. Very good. And uh, yeah, I mean, like, I found that, you know, I was looking at the good ones as well as the bad ones. Yeah. No, I've done the bad ones. And I'm like, geez, there's so many good ones. It was fucking impossible. <laughs> it was impossible. Well, uh, who goes first in these things again? Because I think we start with worst, don't we? To end so on we a finish on a good one. Yeah, okay, fine. Um, so yeah, although sometimes the worst are a bit more fun, but yeah. It's top five breakup songs, everybody, because it's Valentine's Day and Craig and I are breaking up. And that's why we're doing top five breakup songs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ice cold. <laughs> Ice cold. We used, to, we used to have things in common. Oh, man. Now the only thing we have in common is the refrigerator. Ice cold, baby. Ice cold. Right. Bars, bars. So I enjoyed putting this together, despite every, through my tears, yeah. um, because to be fair, um, these are all horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I really had my fill, by the way, when it came to the particularly like aggro breakup song. Yeah, I imagine that was Fertile Territory. And I restrained myself. I only picked one of them. Okay. I didn't to pick... To represent the angst. Yeah, I could have picked like, um, there's a hilarious one by a band called Three Days Grace that I believe did the Chris Benoit theme possibly back in the day. What a what a guy he turned out to be. Great song though. Whatever. It's called <laughs> I what? say great wrestler. Well, he was a great wrestler. Yeah, I know, I mean, I'm not just going to be no interjection. No, 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 no. To no. give him his due. No, 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 no. I don't. I, I don't subscribe to this notion of like we well, can still watch his matches. I'm like, yeah, I don't think he can. It's a very sad story. He clearly gross, had gross, massive horrible. brain damage. Absolutely yeah, horrible. 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 What a way to Tragic. what a way to cue in the top five pro wrestling. Everybody, it's a healthy industry. Um, uh, so I didn't pick they, they had a song called I Hate Everything About You which is like exactly what you think it would be yeah. um, people were putting up the All American Rejects Gives You Hell as one of them and I'm like that's more of a like it could be anybody it could be like the boss that you hate the bully that you whatever yeah, I, yeah. you know when you see in my face you know like yeah. it's not a great song though yeah yeah um, on the on the softer side of new metal angst I was tempted to pick My Immortal by Evanescence because it's just so awful I <laughs> <laughs> uh, remember when that was like in every like funeral montage on a TV show or like Do the I film Daredevil for away from it, yeah. two years terrible song people seem to like it though but no I think I nailed it um I feel like I haven't picked this band before, which makes no sense to me if I haven't done this. And I'm going to own this. I bought their album. <laughs> oh, David. I bought their album. How many pounds did you spend on this? <laughs> it would have been like 22 oh, Ir- Ir- Irish pounds or thereabouts. Somewhere, yeah, somewhere in the 18 to 2022 bracket. And uh, so essentially, uh, what a, and I would have been, I, I, I think if, if I recall correctly, I was like, you know what? I'm not sure if this one works for me, but this was a big song. So yeah, um, I want you to picture the scene, everybody. It's 2002, I think, or there, thereabouts. And uh, your squeeze has just dumped you and you're not happy about it. So you hit the practice room with the boys. You turn that cap backwards. You turn the amp up. You shout into the microphone and this comes out. It's Puddle of Mud. Maybe the first song that came to mind in terms of worst, yeah. She Hates Me, or She Fucking Hates Me, if you prefer. It was the fourth single off their debut album, Come Clean, which came out in 2001. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) What year do you think the song was written in? It came out in 2002. Um, I would say from the vibe and the content, late 1600s. 
<laughs> no, the answer was 1993. Oh, wow. So all those... In the vaults for that long? <laughs> <laughs> um, Compos- Imagine having that in your back pocket. That's going, you wait, you wait till I unleash. She fucking hates me. That song is the same age as me. Oh, wow. there you go. Jesus, how do you feel about that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> quite honest. I do have some clarification. Okay. So in research earlier on, and um, Dave often asked me to double check and see if we've used anything before in a top five. Yeah. I checked for puddle of mud. We have only ever used the clip of them doing... Cover of yeah. About a Girl. Yeah. And okay, right. We use that in the news section. Oh, really? We I didn't. thought we used this before. It should be said as well that I did pick um, the Eamon and Frankie stuff for yeah. this as well, but Adam said I used them before, so I oh, really? so I bounced them out of my top What was five. the response? Yeah, it was probably response songs, was it? A- F-U-R-B? Band songs. Yeah, I don't remember it being banned, but yeah, that was the, you know, fuck it, don't want you back or whatever. Puddle of Mud League guitarist Jimmy Allen. Sounds like a fucking, like, star striker for West Ham in the 70s. Jimmy Allen. Jimmy Allen. Can see um, he's got the most stuff. Had just ended a relationship and was inspired to write a song to fight his, ex- his ex-girlfriend's anger. So her anger, not his. It ironically combines upbeat music with lyrics about the breakup. Uh, the chord progression is similar to a suicidal tendency song, uh, which led to accusations that the band plagiarised it. <laughs> uh, it's funny because they're often accused of being a Nirvana ripoff, but there you go. Other grunge bands can apply too. So hold on. Wes Scantlin doesn't even write the songs. No. Isn't is that, he good for anything? Uh, <laughs> Although I don't know if some, writing this is a something you'd, He's had on, some yeah, hard times, on. hasn't he? He's not a nice dude, I think. No, I think that is true. Yeah. 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 Legal issues and controversies. Oh, God. Domestic violence. Whole yeah, oh, no. Jesus. This isn't good. Moving swiftly on. It's always... It's such an interesting phenomenon how... Um, putting aside like a lot of kind of new metal bands that were doing interesting stuff, but the very direct lifts of Nirvana seem to be from these kind of characters that were just taking the weird angsty anger of it and doing it in a super toxic way that had nothing to do with like Nirvana, Nirvana's values or There's like no what they stood for. It. It. Yeah. It's so weird that they got co-opted by just this kind of awful sludge. Yeah, it is, I mean? it is wild to say that a lot of bands like that have been very misunderstood that way. Um, you would assume Kurt Cobain would have hated everything oh my God. stood for like, you know <laughs> oh, definitely yeah. uh, the album that this was on the debut album I told you I I contributed to this because I bought a copy of it it sold over 5 million copies worldwide oh my God. that's a lot what did you think of the album <laughs> the time, loved it yeah. <laughs> loved it um, I liked it to a degree because um, I was going through my you know new metal phase I couldn't tell you a lot about it apart from the big songs I I do think to this day, Blurry is a really good song. Can you take it all away? Uh, I don't like that bit. I like the low key bit. (laughs) Everything is blurry. Everything's so blurry and everyone's... Yeah, yeah, I I enjoy that. Control is a terrible song. That fears into stained territory. I was big into stained. I was big into stained at this time. I I realised them as well. Stained always struck me. Uh, Well, we know where Aaron Lewis went. He went to the fucking capital. January the 6th, probably. (laughs) Allegedly. He went country and then he went capital. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I was going to say, was at the time, he seemed like the kind of older, wiser, almost statesman-like dude. In I think that he just show. looked he was, older. <laughs> yeah, but he seemed like, because wasn't it like a thing that Limp Biscuit latched onto them and they were like, oh, this is like... Um, yeah, yeah. 
you know, this is one for the connoisseurs and we're going to put them in the spotlight. And anytime you see him with like Fred Durst and, and yeah, footage, he's always kind of looking very sheepish about being in that company. And he's sure, just like, sure. but then it turned out he was much, much worse than Fred Durst, probably. who I think yeah. is probably an alright dude. Fred Durst has had, has had yeah. a bit of an interesting comeback. That most recently best album isn't terrible. And I should say, in Stain's defense, uh, the song Mud Shovel is still great and they got a couple of good songs and it's a really good song it's a really good song oh god damn it anyway Puddle Mud look you get the gist uh, she fucking hates me it's like it was very very popular it would pop up in all kinds of you know I assume it popped up in like fucking beer commercials and stuff it was just everywhere for a while uh, it's probably the most one note song ever like, yeah. now that you mention it so there you go Puddle Mud everybody Okay, um, for my number five, we're going from a song that was written in the year that Adam was born to a song that came out in the year I was born, <laughs> 1988. Womack and Womack Teardrops um, the eternally brilliant Teardrops really interesting husband and wife duo um, Cecil and Linda Womack um, some relation to Bobby Womack which we might get into because I did some interesting Wikipedia reading last night um, they they have quite the wild family um, but yeah I've loved this song for a long time one of those weird ones where it wasn't terribly massive in their home country it was like a big kind of European hit um, which makes a little bit of sense I guess it's like they're coming from a soul Motowny vibe but they're pure kind of late period disco um, so I'd assume Adam's a massive fan yeah um, and I remember even when I was kind of small and we had like just got NTL and there was like MTV hits and MTV dance and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. I remember there was like, it, it was in that era of those like dance remixes or dance edits of all these disco songs. And I remember that being one of them and I used to love it. Um, yeah, I remember this being played quite a lot kind of in childhood and stuff. It was just like big, big kind of radio hit. It's very, um, there's a lot of melancholy there. I think it's one of the original like sad bangers. I think this is like an origin point for Robin and stuff like that. Um, but they're an interesting couple. So yeah, Cecil was the younger brother of Bobby Womack. Um, and Linda, <laughs> Linda Womack is the daughter of Sam Cooke. And we know the whole Sam Cooke, Bobby Womack story, right? Where Sam Cooke passed away and Bobby Womack was pretty much Sam Cooke's protege. The, all the brothers were kind of in a group together. Um, or in, at the time, they would open for Sam Cooke. Anyway, Sam Cooke dies. Bobby Womack marries his widow within 20 days, <laughs> I think, of him being in the ground. Um, the band kind of fall apart as a result. Uh, the fan base completely turn on them. Um, so Bobby was with Sam Cooke's wife for a number of years. And they split up after it um, came out that he'd had a quote-unquote affair with her daughter, who was Linda, and who was a teenager at the time. It seems like it was assault, like it was he'd been grooming her. Um, the mother lost rag as you would, shot Bobby Womack. <laughs> um, and then years later, Cecil Womack, who was, uh, I think, a good bit younger than Bobby Womack, 
got together with Linda, they were like more, more or less the same age. They'd known each other since they were both kids. It all seemed fine. Um, they were in a loving kind of wholesome relationship for years and years. He passed away, I think, 2013. They were still living together. And they had this weird, interesting kind of latter day career where they're like in their 30s or 40s, this husband and wife duo, just doing kind of like sad disco bangers and being really big in Europe. Um, I know this song. I love this song. I didn't know much of their stuff. Their debut album, I've been spinning for the last couple of days, Love Wars. All their songs are kind of like Love Wars and um, Love uh, TKO, I think, is another one. But they're all brilliant. Uh, so that's a recommend for sure. But yeah, I just love this kind of... It's a, a breakup has just happened and the protagonist has just got deep regret for their, how they've handled things and um, wants to turn back time, but they can't turn back time, Dave. Um yeah, it's tears on the dance floor stuff, and it's great. Love TKO is a love technical knockout. Yeah, that's a great name. Yeah, it's a great song. That'd be my name if I was like a if I was a musician. Love TKO. Love TKO, baby. Finishing move in the WWE. Oh my god! <laughs> Hit him with the love what, TKO. What would that What would that look like? Oh, it's got to be some kind of like brainbuster or like a Orkeo off a second rope or something. Like it's got to have some kind of. Yeah, I don't know. It's it, it has to be some, Is it like a kind of X Pac. Oh no, crotch it could, involved. No, 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 no. Thing. no, no it could no, be like nothing, you, you could lift them up for uncouth. like a, you, you could lift them up for like a Death Valley Drive or something, and like maybe like give them like a kiss on the forehead as you do it. <laughs> you know, love TKO. I like it. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, I like it, Dave. Cool. Um, before we move on, uh, just because I had, <laughs> I had the page for Puddle of Mud still open here, and I just saw a, a Wikipedia drop down that says, first of all, it says lip syncing and other controversies, but we'll skip past that one. It says <laughs> connection with Fred Durst. Can I just, can I just add this in? Oh, please. So, due to the notoriety surrounding how Puddle of Mud was signed with Fred Durst, it's not. This isn't stained. This is still Puddle of Mud. So Jesus. they have, they actually have more in common than you realised. The band is often asked regarding their relationship. Wes Scantlin criticised Dirt in a 2004 interview with Canada's Chart magazine, and I quote, he doesn't write our songs, he doesn't produce our songs, he doesn't do anything for us, he doesn't do our videos anymore, he doesn't do anything for this band, I don't know what he's doing, I don't know what the guy's like, all I know is he's Mr. Hollywood guy, Mr. Celebrity, like, I don't hang out with anyone except Hollywood celebrities. Every single fucking interview I've ever fucking done, I get asked about that fucking guy. And for me to do interviews all the time, be asked about this certain individual, people think he writes music with me or something. He does not do that. I just don't get it. We have nothing in common. He doesn't even call us. He has his assistant <laughs> call us to congratulate us on our record. Yeah, that's how pathetic he is. So that was in 2004. Okay. On April 22nd, 2008. Was he mellowed? Wes Gallen <laughs> took back his previous criticism oh, really? of Fred Durst. <laughs> <laughs> Quote, Fred got our foot in the door and helped us out tremendously. I think nowadays he's doing a lot of directing and we really don't speak to him too much, but we appreciate everything he's ever done for our careers. Then they played together in 2011, along with Stained. Oh my God. Wow. And Aaron Lewis was on the outswist, <laughs> that whole band. You, on, you know that story. He was on the outside, was he? <laughs> looking in. Yeah. Um, you know the story about him encountering Wes Borland, um, guitarist for Limp Bizkit, in an airport? No. Oh, maybe oh, we I, didn't cover it no, on the we show. Did. We, we did. We, yeah, I completely forget this, though. So he bumps into Wes Borland. Aaron Lewis does. He hasn't seen any of Limp Bizkit for years. And just like that awkward thing of just like, oh, how are you doing, mate? And um, Aaron Lewis was like, so, so where are you off to? And Wes Borland was just like, oh, uh, home, home to L.A. And Aaron Lewis went, 
that ain't home, brother. <laughs> and like, 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 pokes him in the chest as be like, Virginia's always home. <laughs> like, oh, and like, okay, I don't live there anymore. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> it was like, that ain't home, brother. Oh, my God. <laughs> you big, Hollywood big shot type yeah, stuff. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's incredible. <laughs> I love that. Okay, number four for me. Um, just, just terrible. Here it is. that really sharp anthemic lift fool you listener it's not a good song Craig was uh, any idea who that is no uh, I know the voice no you it's... don't do I not no god no they're Irish oh yeah yeah but it's I'm trying to figure out which Irish band it is okay it's um very hot press this is out in 2014 yeah it's um I've got like it's probably a band that Cullum interviewed for like a cover piece. Would that be right? Sounds about right. Yeah, that, um, that may have happened. All those kind of blend into one. Who is it? Key the, West. Key West. Yeah, the voice was like, yeah, that's the annoying blank. But yeah, yeah Key West. Key West. Guys, yeah. uh, the song is called "Feels So Cruel," and mm. uh, I was a bit confused by this one because, like, if you look at the video to this one, it looks like he's going to get back together with her, but he doesn't. Oh. So th- it's it's got a great video because it's it's um, they hired a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know why why we live in Dublin like what are you doing it's when uh, Dave sent me this list that was literally the thing is like, have you seen this video they hired a fucking helicopter <laughs> the video has like it's that's oh, really bad like it's just it's the band hanging out and there's a breakup has happened and okay. the, the singer like you know keeps looking at his phone and then it cuts to like a shot of some model who, like, model. who filmed her scene separately in a day <laughs> and she's looking at her it's stock she's looking she's looking to subscribe to this model <laughs> please pay so she's looking at her phone and like it's like the lads are trying to like make him have a good time but he's just not he's just not having a man and like judging by the narrative they appear to have some kind of fight at one stage and then inexplicably for no reason they're on top of of a roof of a skyscraper. Oh, a roof! I didn't know where that was going. They're on top of a skyscraper and like they're walking towards a helicopter. And I'm like, what's happening here? Are they about to go on their mission? Like, what is this? And like they get to the helicopter and like they they look back and your man, the singer, looks at his phone and like looks up and gives them like a no head shake. Like I can't, lads. Got to go get the girl type thing. And they're like shouting at him. They're like Andy <laughs> over the, over the this giant is helicopter. Rotor blades and it's some extreme bad acting from a band who obviously are musicians, not actors. They know Harry Styles. Let me tell you. <laughs> and I'm just like, what's going on? Like, where are they going? Are they going to a gig? But then he leaves them and like gives the real rueful gotta go and then legs it as Feels So Cruel, you know, ramps up in the music. She's waiting on some balcony somewhere. He gets to her and they're standing in front of each other. And I was like, oh, I can't pick it. It's not a breakup song. But then he looks back and she's gone. She was never there. 
Was the helicopter real? I don't know. Is any of it real? They're a very existential band, to be fair. Like, you know, they do kind of play with form. Um, this is just generic. I'm sorry, lads. This is not good, is it? Like, no, it's just... no. The voice does... Uh, apologies to him. I mean, he can't help his voice. It's been, he's had a great career. But Has I he? Don't, uh, I don't know. <laughs> great I don't career. Remember. I couldn't remember the band. Bird Bird Bird. <laughs> well, there you go. We'll cover off, press. Um... Uh, yeah, well, you know. What does that, what does that mean? <laughs> How does that video get made? Like, what's the concepting? Do you know oh, what I mean? How clearly, do you like, in-house that? budget. Like, I'm sure they... Let's just get a helicopter. What does the helicopter represent? The helicopter must have ate into that budget, though, because there's some shots in this video where it's just them and a gaff hanging out, and I'm like, what's going on here? There's, uh, like, that five video where it's, like, them brainstorming a video, and just, like, <laughs> just get a helicopter. Get women in here. Just, like... <laughs> Yeah, no, it was a more innocent time, I think, for sappy Irish rock, you know, it was just kind of very sappy Irish rock, it was just very, like, there's just nothing to it, like, it's, it's, it's just so empty. Are those those days over, though? It just feels like the Irish charts are still full of that stuff, and no other country is still lingering to that. But do we have... On on, on a slightly related note, have we heard Wild Youth Century for the Eurovision yet? (laughs) I honestly, I honestly think... Friend of the show, Ed Porter. Friend of the show, Ed Porter. uh, I I honestly think that that is a perfectly fine Eurovision song. Will they win it, Dave? No. (laughs) Aren't they destined to never ever win it again? I was on the radio with Zara Hedeman on Arena there about a month ago and Zara was fucking fist pumping for that Wild Youth song. It's anthemic. Yeah, but so is like every song we've put in for the last 10 years. But it's the Eurovision. Like, I wouldn't particularly be looking to like have a fucking classic song. I would have liked to switch it up a little bit. Yeah, maybe. Like public, public image, switch it up. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Hawaii. Yeah, that I think it's, bizarre. Like, it's fine. And like the Wild Youth guys, like they've been talking about doing the Eurovision for a while now. It's clearly something that they want to do. There was a tweet that re- that was resurrected. Did we see it? No. Connor, no. Connor O'Donoghue, I yeah, believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, tweeted in 2020, I want to write uh, Ireland's next Eurovision song. There you go. Oh, this is a, a dream genuine, like, like To be fair to them. There you go. Like I'm not, it's not really my kind of music, but like I don't care. Uh, they're nice lads from my interviews that I've done with them and yeah. to be fair Ed's a legend Ed is a legend really happy Ed Porter is a legend yeah. who used to be in the band leaders of Mem and Craig and incredible band yeah. they, they should have been the fucking Irish Walkman I don't know what went yeah. wrong but like Ed's like his fucking sweetheart and you know Ed put out a very nice tweet this week about how his dad would have been proud of him and people keep saying to him and I, I yeah, thought it was very very that. touching so look it's the fucking Eurovision and in fairness like they might as well throw an actual band at it you know and be like well, why not yeah, that like, was you know? I think the call wasn't it for like the last couple of years it's like why don't we just get throw an established actor yeah, like, like, authenticity yeah. and to be fair I didn't watch the Late Late thing but I did listen to all the songs and like the standards seemed high enough it wasn't pretty good this year yeah. it wasn't bad like you know so why is it still on the Late Late a tradition, I suppose. I Maybe know. it's a ratings hit. I, I don't quite know. Um, Even just the production, viewers. like live performances on the late late, are they ever good in terms no. of the sound quality? And not it just, really. It's it rare. It sounds like this, bit, this weird empty room. To you me, get some good ones know. every now. That's you know, Connor performance of nothing yeah, compared yeah, to yeah, during the pandemic right. was fucking beautiful. I mean, you get some good ones every now and then, but yeah, it's a bit. I don't know. Do you think American talk shows do it well? Like. Because you get some good ones there, obviously. You do. I mean, there's so many Letterman's ones we've played clips of. Yeah. Um, yeah. Colbert gets some good ones. Yeah. They just seem to get the acoustics right. Dermot Kennedy was on Jimmy Fallon this week. Really? Yeah. That's a big one. And uh, not with his usual backing band, though. I presume that was, was just... Was he playing with the Roots? No. Aww. <laughs> that would have been cool. cool. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, look, you know, Key West is fish in a barrel. But it's just so... It's just, yeah, it's like... An the, empty, empty barrel. <laughs> but it's the kind of song where you would root against the relationship. You're like, I don't want these fucking clowns <laughs> to get back together. <laughs> All right, go on. Fair. All right, this is more kind of fish in a barrel for me. It's a different barrel. It's a good barrel. Uh, I tried not to pick them, but I had to include them. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. It's the beginning. 
Adam does raise a fairly fair question, Craig. How hard did you try? Um, I, there was some internal wrestling for a good 30 seconds on Tuesday evening. Um, this is Do Me A Favour. It's the Arctic Monkeys, in case you didn't know. It's from the second album, Favourite Worst Nightmare. I think it's probably a top five Arctic Monkey song. I think it's some of his, Alex Turner's, strongest writing. It's just a really nice kind of character study. Um, as he was progressing away from the, um, you know, keen-eyed social commentary of and spiky kind of attitude of the first record and getting into his kind of love and all its tribulations bag, which I think he does so well, probably peaked around Suck It and See. And then he, you know, then we had AM, which was great. And then he got in a spaceship and all of that stuff is really, really great. And we've talked about that at length. But yeah, this is just... Um, I love the little details. I love the, you know, her walking away with her shoes untied. I love the tears on the steering wheel. Um, feels like a short story. Feels very, very <coughs> real. It's um, it's also kind of interesting in that it positions him as very much the bad guy, but not not in a, yeah, I'm so damaged, man. I just can't help it. I'm like breaking girls' hearts. It's like it gives her kind of agency and she has the last word, which is like that thing of like perhaps fuck off and be too kind, which is great. There was an interesting Alex Turner quote from like years ago talking about it at a time when he was just very bashful about talking about songs. Um, and the quote is, it's about a goodbye, really, and about me being a bit of a knob. <laughs> perhaps I was craving to experience something else and looking back and feeling like you're a bit of a knobhead just in how you perhaps treated a person. It's just describing a goodbye. That's another thing. When you're with someone, they seem happier in photos before you met her or happier in stories from before. I always think they do. I'm like, Jesus Christ, that's heavy, isn't it? It's dark, yeah. Very heavy. Talking about being in a relationship and just like every old photo you see as a person is like, well, they're better off without me. Um, so yeah, it's kind of quietly devastating. I think musically it's brilliant as well because it could just be a weepy ballad, but you've got those pounding, tumbling drums, which are great. It was the first album with Nick O'Malley on bass and just the way he syncs up with Matt Helders is terrific. There's some actual guitar work going on as well um, for people that checked out around the car and it's brilliant. So it's my number four. Care to take a guess how many times the Arctic Monkeys have featured in the top five? 17. <laughs> <laughs> is that your genuine guess? Um, I would say eight. Dave? Oh, 11. You will both be surprised. This is the fourth inclusion. Wow, only fourth. Okay, Jesus. Well, um, you know, you got another David Bowie. You got another couple of episodes to go. <laughs> yeah, Craig. You, yeah, I get that you, number you can, up. You can get it going. Um, okay, so uh, number three for me. We're keeping it, you know, just very feather light and weepy, and just like th- this one to me is more of a like I'm kind of mystified. I understand why this would be popular. I understand why it would work. I understand why people would cry into their pillow after having their heart shattered by an Alex Turner, for example. But I like this could be the most anonymous artist who's quite successful, and we rarely talk about him. So okay. let, let's go. Here's my number three worst breakup songs. But you only need the light when it's burning low. Only miss the sun when it starts to snow. Only know you love her when you let her go. Only know you've been high when you're feeling low. 
right. It's uh, Brighton's finest there. It's Passenger. Yeah. And the song is Let Her Go. An Ed Sheeran find, wasn't he, I think? No, that's your man, Jamie Lawson. I don't oh, really? Think, I don't think this guy is. Maybe he is. I thought Passenger was touring with Michael, Ed in the early days. Michael David Rosenberg, born the year I was born, 1984. Um, maybe he's involved with Ed Sheeran? I don't quite know. Um, I will do some research. Yeah, have a look if you don't mind. But like... I will say, like, like that song, Let Her Go, came out in 2012. It topped the charts in 16 countries. It's been viewed over 3.3 billion times what? on YouTube. What? On, on Spotify, what? it has 1.792 billion plays. This song is... I think I've got vertigo. <laughs> what? And as a result of this song, he received an Ivor Novello Award. <gasps> That's no, right. not our beloved Ivor Novellos. For most performed work. Um, tough to get one that one um, yeah I don't get it man um, he's been around he's released like a bunch of albums <laughs> like this guy's box office it seems but I just does he exist <laughs> like whoever <laughs> talks I was about I say unfortunately so that's a bit harsh whoever talks about Passenger like I mean like uh, and like the song is just it's obviously it's extremely straightforward was this used in something um, I'm gonna look it up but I don't know in popular culture, uh, it was used. During, it was like kind of cl- like yeah. end of Grey's Anatomy kind of it type u- show. It was used in a Budweiser ad during the Super Bowl. What the fuck? That must have been ironic, right? It was used in the hundredth episode of The Vampire Diaries. Okay, um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't, I'll get you a billion plays. I don't get it. I have a bit of an update. Yeah, oh, yeah. It seemed that he wasn't really a find. He okay. was more so that he toured as an opening act in 2012. Red Sheeran uh, and played this song. I, I guess would imagine. I so. guess that would do it. I think I was probably writing about him at the time, and that was like the scoop that he was opening. The for scoop. Ed Sheeran. Do you know what I mean? A little hook. Um, what do we think of the voice? It, I was going to say the unifying thing of your pick so far has been just grating awful voices in yeah. different ways. But this is yeah, I can't. It's weirdly cutesy or something. I don't like it. It's very twee. Yeah, yeah. and I should kind of opened the door, didn't it? Like for people that like because there's a lot of this style still knocking around. Yeah. Well, I, I think it, I think it predates him as well, but this one it, this is a particular, you know, high point I suppose for this kind of stuff. But like, it's kind of like oh shucks pop, isn't it? It's like oh, just like it's kind of shit they would play in a fucking dentist waiting room where you're just like you oh know reading Take a Break magazine. But like, I should note that I first came across this guy. Um, it would have been like the late two thousands. I remember being in my brother's gaff in Dublin. I was going to see like M eighty three or something, and I remember his housemate was big into this song. Not this song, but she was big into a song. And she's like, you got to hear this, it's great. And it was the weirdest song I've ever heard. And it's by this guy. And then when 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 the passenger thing took off, I was like, that can't be the same guy. Can it? So have a listen to this song. Okay. Because it's intrigue now. Mental. I know where you keep your skirts. I know where your secrets lurk. I'm the boy that's calling your house. I'm the boy that's freaking you out. Um, <laughs> a lot to unpack Sorry about that listener um, That song Is called Walk You Home But it was actually yeah. 
Couldn't write that these days. It cancelled. It was released in the US as Night Vision Binoculars, which I believe it is on Spotify on, on like one of his albums. So, Dear Lord. And the song, like the video has a very, very cheap video in which it's like filmed at night and he's like dancing in a street or something. It's all very cutesy. But it's like, this is a song about stalking. Well, I mean, it's very, he's doing that on... I mean, this is kind of like, is this not supposed to be in the same realms as like we talked about Maddie Healy doing the Looking for Somebody to Love where it's like from the perspective deliberately of someone that's out of their mind, right? I, but I, I don't think it, it gets... There's a line about how, um, the boy with social, social disorders. Social disorders, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and on, restraining orders. And the boy with restraining orders, yeah, yeah. Like, I is know it trying you... to, like, Jarvis Cocker thing of, like... I mean, I'm sure it subversive. is. I'm sure it's not meant to be a pro-stalker <laughs> anthem. But, like, it's just so cutesy that you're like, I don't think the marriage of this works. And that's why I couldn't... It doesn't work. I yeah. couldn't fucking believe... I thought he just disappeared after that and there was never a thing. I was like, wow, what a weird song. No wonder he's gonna, never going to make it big. And then I remember, like, seeing Passenger, seeing that, that name everywhere and seeing that, like, let her go. And only when I, like, listened to it once or, like, saw him, I was like, that's the guy. I was like, what the fuck? I had the real, like, you know, DiCaprio and Once Upon a Time Hollywood moment. I was like, yeah. that's him. And, yeah. <laughs> but again... <laughs> but that's the song I chose here, Let Her Go is now 11 years old and I never hear it. I don't know anyone who knows this, talks about it ever. It's 3.3 billion views on YouTube. What the fuck? All right, I'm done. That's insane. That's a lot. All right, come on. God, it's up there with Gangnam Style. (laughs) Still a thing? Just as creepy, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Just as creepy. It's a sentence I never thought I'd hear All right, from stalkers to ending a relationship with, I believe, a prostitute. Here we go. Soft sell. It's say hello, wave goodbye. It's great. It's um, yeah. That, I don't know if that's quite the course. It's kind of maybe it is a course. Maybe it's a bridge. It's this surging, joyous, brilliant thing in this very downbeat, kind of sleazy kitchen sink drama of a song. Um, I think it's Soft Cell's best song. Um, you could probably have Tainted Love in this category, um, which was a Northern Soul cover, I believe, and their first big hit. This was on the debut album. Um. Around the time Mark Almond was writing songs um, from a vantage point of his Soho flat, looking out at people, talking about stalkers, um, he bought this flat with the money from Tainted Love and uh, just got inspired and started writing about the characters he saw. Um, this is a weird one where it's like clearly a breakup. Um, it works on a lot of different levels. Of course, there's the angle um, with Mark uh, Almond being gay, where people see it as someone grappling with their own sexuality and identity and finding who they truly are. And certainly when you get that, like in the context of the rest of the song, um, which is like really lyrically astute and downcast, it's such a kind of revelatory moment and that kind of, um, it just feels like an actual conversation you would see, like a heated conversation you would see people having on the street. Take your hands off me. <laughs> um, but it feels very empowering as well. Just yeah, yeah, like, yeah, just yeah. I'm sick of this shit. I'm going to be myself. I'm like liberated. Um, and I'm not sure that's what he intended, but maybe it doesn't matter. 
Um, yeah, he, he said a few times before that it was about just two people, one possibly a prostitute that are in this kind of relationship of semi-convenience, um, like a so-so kind of love, I think the lyric is. They don't really like each other, they're not very good for each other and things just abruptly end and then peter out um, into kind of empty gestures. And it's about that like just emptiness of those kind of breakups where it's like actually this relationship didn't really mean anything and um, it just captures something really special. And this was like, this was a hit. It's weird that this was a hit. It's weird that Tainted Love was a hit. Um, Yeah, I was looking at... um, Again, Wikipedia, a very good uh, internet-based resource. Uh, <laughs> Tainted Love like so, sold like over a million copies in 1981. It was the second biggest selling song of that year. Do you know what number one was? Very similar genre. 81? Yeah. Is it Take My Breath Away by Berlin? No. It was The Human League, Don't You Want Me? I'm oh, just like, what a two, top two of like, what a time to be alive. You, Tainted Love and Don't You, you Want working. Me? <laughs> you were working <laughs> as a waitress in it. So I believe I was also featured in a top five. I believe yeah. it's been number one in a top five. Yeah, I think I picked it as, oh, songs that ask questions. Okay. <laughs> Don't You Want Me? <laughs> That's a good one, to be fair. Um, so well, interesting. Like, I think they just really were one and done. Like, that album is, um, what, non-stop erotic cabaret is brilliant, remarkable. Um, and then they very much petered out, but... Hey, Ireland, this year, I think? Do yeah, I, have, do I, I have like the right? fact that they keep getting back together. It's Mark Almond and David Ball, I think. They feel like a bit of an odd couple. There's clearly a lot of love there between them, and it's just, yeah, I'm glad they're still doing stuff together. Well... Asking questions ah. is about is, is what my, my silver medal this week in the in the worst breakup songs is about. We've featured this before and it's extreme low hanging fruit, but it can never be forgotten. A man pleaded pleaded and asked lots of questions and Oh I know what this is. I know <laughs> what this is. She just wasn't listening. Here's my number two. <laughs> but it doesn't have to be Cause all I wanna do is keep it light all night. All I wanna do is make it right, make it right. All I wanna do is give you that thing, play you that song you and your girlfriend sing. Is get you back tonight. Oh Jesus! Passengers got nothing on this guy. Pick up the phone, Paula. <laughs> it's Robin Thicke. It's Get Her Back, which is one of the singles off Paula. The album that he wrote for Paula Patton, after he cheated on her, she left him, sensible woman there. Yeah. And then he wrote an album for her that she didn't want to hear and didn't, they did, did not, not get change her together. No, <laughs> she did not. And this album obviously was one of the big, notorious, critical and commercial bombs. Did it sell something like 500 copies or something? Like, like Yeah, it did a, did a Borrell award. Johnny Borrell's <laughs> first solo album. And like the video to this, uh, the, I don't know... Is it a construct or are they the actual text messages? I can't recall which is true. I hope they are. I think they might be the actual ones. And he's putting up like a text message exchange. So he, like one from him will go up and then it'll be a reply from yeah. her. And one of them is, I wrote a whole album about you. And then the next text message is, I don't care. <laughs> I, I'm sure that's how it went. Here. Brutal. I mean, here. yeah, like somebody, I was talking to someone the other day and they were like, they're at an event and Blurred Lines came on. And I was like, bold choice by the DJ there. Yeah. And I will say about Blurred Lines, the one great thing about it is you listen to it and you go, oh yeah, I'm just going to stick on Gotta Give It Up by Marvin Gaye as I did that night. And I'm like, 
this is maybe the greatest song of all time. Yeah. That is an impossible song to not enjoy. Like, just like, you're like... The groove is infectious. It's so incredible. Mm. As a matter of fact, do you remember the motion picture Charlie's Angels? I do, indeed. So, year 2000, I believe. Actually has a pretty yeah. pretty kicking soundtrack. Um, like it's Prodigy got like a G feature, I believe. Got bl- that number two. Full I throttle. never saw full throttle. It's got blind Destiny's, Destiny Child. Destiny yeah, Child, Survivor. Yeah. It's, it's got blind by corn in it of all things. <laughs> all right. But there's a sequence where spoilers for the movie. Uh, Sam Rockwell is revealed to actually be the secret villain, and because Sam Rockwell is cool and his, his character's a geek in it, but then all of a sudden he like. Like he slicks his hair back or something. He's like he takes his glasses off. <laughs> it's like lights, weird. lights like, up a cigarette cool and then lights up a cigarette and then like he he starts dancing because Sam Rock was a great dancer and like this is the song that's playing and if you just want to see what the fucking coolest thing of all time is, Sam Rockwell dancing to, to Gotta Give It Up That's amazing, yeah. is unbelievable. That's actually not a bad movie, I will say. It's actually a lot more fun than I think people get credit for. But not fun is Robin Thicke <laughs> and Robin Thicke's attempt. Just in general. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, I mean like the Blurred Lines discourse continues to this day, right in this podcast right now. Um, he really got fucked over, but he also shouldn't have made the song. But this, where was anyone stopping for this? Jesus. You couldn't stop this man at this stage. He needed to get the love of his life back. And, and I didn't. commend him. <laughs> I do not commend but him. Also, he's a bad dude. <laughs> is, he, is he like a judge on American Idol these days or something? Like, I feel like he's still doing yeah, I think stuff. So. I'll check. Like this, this is a man who tried to cancel himself several times <laughs> and still keeps coming back. Yeah. Did he not go to like Australia and end up in one of those shows? I feel like he's not Led on to the... Australia, did he? Like, for, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Until the heat dies down. I mean, does uh, he play these songs live? I don't know. Also, I don't know his career trajectory that well he was he around like, before Blurred yeah, Lines he, but he was, felt like a bit of an unknown quantity kind of over here he's they very much like an American, American career in yeah, America huge yeah, American yeah. like centre contained hermetically sealed thing yeah. and then Blurred Lines was just fucking everywhere I liked it at the time so I, did I can't I. lie yeah. so did I I'm not going to lie to you I did like it at the time but I also wasn't drilling down into the lyrics because again I was like this song sounds unbelievable and that video is so edgy and it was like then eventually you're like, and I thought like I was giving them the, the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, they're going being like fucking. This is postmodern. They're not actually. You know what I mean? It did look postmodern. Yeah, I thought they were ripping the piss out yeah. of those type of songs, but it turned out they just made one of those type of yeah, songs. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I did think it was quite disingenuous how the other personnel were like, nothing to do with me, pal. That's like, great. It's like you're on the song. You're in the video. <laughs> like you're part of it. He was a panelist on the Masked Singer. The in Masked Singer. That's it. Okay. Pa- panelist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's a Panelist for Leeds versus Man United. <laughs> what do you think, Robin? Can Jaden Sancho get back to firing form? Released an album in 2021. Still going? Paula so 2. With... <laughs> it was his first Please one come back. It, it's called Earth and in Heaven. On Earth and in Heaven. And Jesus. it was produced with Pharrell Williams. I don't know why. Oh, with Pharrell? They're back together. Yeah. For for the oh sorry they were reunited for the single take me higher oh, that's still you know so hold on is he he's gone the gospel route is he is he <laughs> now, I bet you he's become a super Christian to save his career uh, I bet you that's what he's I'm done going into personal life section thinking of money in that tell us about the personal life about about this though like, does it flat out just say having cheated r- repeatedly on his beautiful wife Paula Patton um, Thick saw the error of his ways and hit the studio. <laughs> 
The rest is history. And grope the models on the set of Bloodbird Lines. From 2014, uh, Robin Thicke met April Lovegeary at a party. They first appeared in public together in 2015. So he's clearly over Paula at this stage. Um, in February 2018, their first child, oh. a daughter, was born. Oh, so born. he settled down, was he? In August 2018, Geary announced that the couple was expecting their second child, a daughter born in February 2019. Okay. They became engaged on Christmas Eve 2018. In December 2020, the couple announced the birth of their third child and first son together. Does it say what church they belong to? What, <laughs> sorry, what mega church they belong to? Um, controversies? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, Emily Ratajkowski's book, Marvin Gaye, Plagiarism. Yeah, is he, is he accused of, of, of groping? Uh, Emily Ratajkowski said that he was kind of like drunk on set and he was uh, right. just being inappropriate when the cameras weren't rolling. Yeah, Not I think surprised. That was the, yeah. Not surprised. Um, uh, well, wasn't his whole, like his whole argument was, I was so drunk, I don't remember fucking producing the song, the video, that whole period of my life. Like... Yeah, not a great defence. Not a great defence. Probably true. I mean, I'm not, yeah. no, I'm not defending the guy. Um, can we stop talking about Robin Thicke? I yeah. would like that very yeah, much. Like, yeah. <laughs> Let's but, that, talk. but that Marvin Gaye song is incredible. That's all I'll say. It's so good. Oh, it is, yeah. Mar- Marvin Gaye nearly made my list, but he didn't make my list. Lots of heavy hitters just right. not making it in, Craig, because you got to get Arctic Monkeys in again. Here's a heavy hitter that did make it. So that was Evan Dando and Liv Tyler, I believe, um, doing a cover version of Leonard Cohen, of course. Um, and hey, that's no way to say goodbye. Uh, just thought I'd mix things up with the versions. Um, but yeah, I mean, top five Leonard probably for me. And he had a lot of breakup songs to choose from. And the unifying thing with most of them was just like... Um, they're all very considered. <laughs> they're all taking the positives away from the relationships. And... Um, Setting him out as a bloke that seemed to at least just publicly ha- like end relationships extremely well and still maintain friendships and just seem like as good a kind of lady killer as you can get, maybe. Do you know what I mean? Um, I think this was about Marianne um, as, you know, so long Marianne is another one of just like being resigned to the fact that a relationship has run its course, but also um, having a deep appreciation for the value you kind of gave to each other um, and memories you had. And the, yeah, I had to kind of pick this one because it's it feels like a love song. It feels like they're still in love. And yet there's just these kind of hints that creep in from verse to verse of things ending. Like I loved you in the morning, the, you know, it being them in mourning. Um so many great lines, some of the all-timer Leonard Cohen lines in it. It's so gentle and delicate. It was his first album. He was like, whatever, 34, 35, something around then. I think Judy Collins did the first version. Um, but yeah, then his kind of just went over the top. But this is just, um, had to put this in. I wanted to put in a song that was like the accepting... Um, positive spin on breakups. <laughs> um yeah, it's this song means a lot to me, as so much Leonard Cohen stuff does. And yeah, it's it comes back to I think the central theme of his work, which is like that line of um you know, there's that that thing of 
there being a crack in everything and that's how the light gets in and him actually being you know he was nicknamed the what grocer of despair and this kind of like (laughs) deeply melancholic depressed songwriter and actually everything he wrote was very optimistic and positive and he was a zen dude and I try and take some of that from his work every time I listen to it so yeah this felt like something I had to be included yeah I am I had to brace myself because (laughs) I genuinely I feared that you'd pick this. <laughs> yeah. Great. Uh, yeah, you don't know this, but uh, <laughs> like, uh, it's going to sound fucking mental now, but it's the truth. This is the song that played uh, when my father was cremated. <laughs> oh, <fuck laughs> this is the song that they played in the thing. I'm serious. And I was like, crazy when I picked this song. <laughs> So when you say it, it means a lot to you. You're not going to like my number one of Glenn Hansen. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Flashback to that episode from a year ago. Yeah, for some reason, man. that Falling Soul was played in the, uh, my father's funeral for reasons I still will never understand. <laughs> However, my father loved Leonard Cohen and yeah. my parents loved Leonard Cohen and they went to see him a bunch of times. They went to see him like, and they didn't go to gigs that often, mm. but they went to see him like three or four times and they, they went over to fucking... Sligo and they sat in the rain oh, together. Yeah, me this, yeah. uh, I never saw him and like yeah, no, I'm sorry, I'm I'm obviously, you know, emotional here because it's such a beautiful song and it obviously it means something very different to me now. But I'm also like I think it's an incredible song to go out to. And yeah, it is. I, I swear to God, I was like as soon as it started, I was like, Oh fuck. I was like, because I listened to it the other night and when I was going through all these breakup songs and I was like, Oh yeah, it is a breakup song. I, I I don't I don't purely think of it as a breakup song. And I think what you said, I liked what you said there. I liked what you said that, like, you know, it, it hints at a love still there. Yeah. And I, it obviously meant a lot to my parents. And yeah, it's, I, I was like, do I tell them? <laughs> do I, do I say this into a microphone? Is this weird? But like, I don't want to fucking pretend. Yeah, and also man. I do want to point out that even though my dad and I didn't really have a lot in common musically, I, you know, he, I think he liked a lot of good stuff and yeah, I think Leonard Cohen's to. up there and he got to see him live a whole fucking bunch of times and I never went. So he's got that over me. Um, um, oh yeah. That same kind of experience <laughs> in the family where like aunts and uncles would go and see Leonard Cohen and like people yeah. that wouldn't necessarily go to gigs and were just like, it was like a fucking religious experience to kind of go on this pilgrimage to see Leonard Cohen. Um, yeah, I was lucky enough to see him. Um, and I've never left a gig more like buoyant and feeling good about the future. Um, yeah, he was great. He was tremendous. And I'm really doubling down on upsetting Dave this episode. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> it's actually okay. Like, it's not, it's not like a, a, a tough upset. Yeah. And like, I should say, I'm like, look, you know, I, I think about this, um, you know, I'm someone who talks a lot and here I am in front of a fucking microphone. And I have wondered, I've wondered if like I talk about my dad too much or if I, you know, bring him up. I, I, I never want to exploit his fucking memory or something, but like it was his anniversary recently. Yeah. And, I found that the actual anniversary, like mid-January, it didn't hit me that hard, but it's hit me really hard in the last couple of weeks. And the song, I like, I'm glad you picked it, like, because I think it's a fucking incredible song. Yeah, yeah. And I'm glad to hear it again, but it's weird. Like, it's it's come on in places now in the year since that I've never heard it in before. And it, it's like time just stops. Yeah. But, but I'm okay with that. I, I think it's actually like, you know, it feels like he's there or something for a second. You know, yeah, like it's yeah. just it's such a it's such a great fucking song. But yeah, Jesus Christ, no, nothing more fucking surreal, man, than just sitting there at that moment and the song playing. And I was like, what? <laughs> They're playing a song <laughs> at a cremation? I didn't know they did that. You know, like I didn't know that was the thing. Yeah, and yeah, it's gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. And, I'm uh, glad you 
do choose to talk about your dad. I think it's really important and I love to hear yeah, about agree. it and they're lo- beautiful stories and beautiful memories. I was listening to um, Richard E. Grant on like Adam Buxton recently and he was talking about his wife passing away I think in the last year or two. He's got a new memoir out but he was saying the hardest thing was actually like you know people don't know what to say when you lose someone and a lot of people kind of go I don't want to upset them or like trigger the person by mentioning the passing or something he said the worst thing is just like he felt with a lot of people they would like I'd bump into them and they wouldn't mention my wife at all it's like if she ceased to exist or she never existed at all and he's like actually just trigger me I want to talk about it we all need to talk about this stuff it needs to be out in the open so um, I think that's a good attitude to have so yeah Thanks, man. But still, it's um, tough. Yeah, no, it is. But it's like, to be fair, I am, um, and I, I, I don't know what to say to anybody when yeah. they're in that position. Of course, yeah. It's, and I still it's don't impossible know what, to... I, I still don't know what to fucking say. Um, and, in, and and I do find myself at times being like, oh, fuck, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm making someone uncomfortable by talking about this. But I also am just like, well, what else am I going to say? Mm. This is my, this is, this is, this is my reality, my new, yeah. my new album. Um, but it's just like... <laughs> But like, what do you do? Like, yeah, it's like, it's like, it's just that, it's that weird. And like, I don't want it to ever be like, I, I wouldn't say it to just have someone fucking say, oh, sorry. Yeah, you yeah. know, but I'm just like, well, there's an opportunity that presented itself and that's an anecdote and that's about him and it's important and, you know, the guy fucking loved Leonard Cohen. My mother loves Leonard Cohen. That's a beautiful thing. The song yeah. obviously meant a lot to them and it was as painful as it was to hear it that day and as, as weird as it can be to hear it now, I'm glad I can hear it again, you know? Yeah. In a different context, all of which is to say, how do I go from that to <laughs> like my number one worst breakup song? <laughs> Jesus Christ, the fucking the whiplash. whiplash yeah. I will say for this for this number one breakup song, I never understood this act, and I never understood this song. I do understand that it clearly means a lot to people, so I'm not here to like destroy anybody. And and if this song means a lot to you. That's okay. <laughs> but to me, it was always on when I worked in extravision and I would just be like, turn this off, Jesus Christ. But maybe I'm wrong. Here's my number one worst breakup song. Then her eyes must have closed for what seems an eternity. When they open up, she's looking down at her feet. Dry your eyes, mate. I know it's hard to take, but her mind has been made up. There's plenty more fish in the sea. Dry your eyes, mate. I know you want to make her see how much this pain. I mean, Aww. the first thing to say about dry your eyes by mate. the streets, it's just dry your eyes. Mate. <laughs> Open brackets, mate. Close brackets. Close brackets, mate. Um, we all know the Brian Kennedy version is the superior vintage here. <laughs> of course, without question. I forgot about that. How could you? I know. But, you know, I just found this to be cloying and irritating. And maybe that's the point. And maybe it was important. Maybe a lot of fucking tough lads, you know, it was there for them or something and it was important. Maybe it's a commentary on that as well. But I just, I never got the streets. I appreciate that I'm perhaps very in the minority on this. And I'm also just, I I, I miss something of of great value. Mm -hmm. But I never quite got it. And I especially, this is nails on a chalkboard to me. I just, I can't stand it. Yeah, I never particularly like this one. Um, there's some good stuff on that second record. I love, uh, I, I like the early stuff, Dave. Is, you know? <laughs> Original Fire Material was great when it came out. But yeah, it's he's on that precipice of the kind of blokey, um, telling it like it is, 
um, spoken word stuff that gets very grating and cheesy to me quite quickly. And he walked the line expertly, I think, on a lot of his stuff and he is very talented, but a lot of it doesn't work for me. This never worked for me at all. Um, I can get why it resonated with people. I had to just <laughs> Google there because I couldn't remember if this was true or I imagined it. And it is true. Um, Chris Martin was initially the singer on it. Oh, and he no. took himself off it, yeah. <laughs> so let me just see why he took himself off it. I think he was just like, what was his rationale? Please That's... tell me he said, not your best, is it? This uh, <laughs> has oh. been spoken to him so, so many times. Uh, yeah, so this is a Irish Examiner news story from 2004. Um, that goes, Coldplay frontman Chris Martin put the brakes on his collaboration with the streets Mike Skinner because he thought a version of single Dry Your Eyes sounded better without him. The yellow hitmaker went oh, into good. the studio. Great second mention. <laughs> so diplomatic. Great second mention right there. With Skinner to record vocals for the acclaimed single, but upon hearing a take in which his voice was replaced by Skinner's, Martin insisted they cut him out. <laughs> he explains, there's this version of it uh, which I sang the chorus but I said I didn't think it was as good as the version where he sang the chorus. Then he didn't think that was as good as the version where some other dude sang the chorus. So neither him nor me sang on the chorus. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very funny. Get Passenger in, you know, see what he's doing. Also, when I when I googled that, there's another story from the Irish Examiner as the second result from December of that same year. And the headline is, Street Skinner left red face by sloshed sister. Just <laughs> <laughs> very 2004. Uh, the Irish Examiner really were plugged into Mike Skinner back then. Yeah, really were. Do we think the Chris Martin version will be better? I think it makes sense, doesn't it? I wonder if Yorkshire, they're better. I don't know. <laughs> when you, like it, I, I when buy you him vocal, in that role. Yeah, I can hear it like. I don't know if he could pull off the mate. I also don't know if it's better. I could. I just know it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder is it on YouTube or something? Possibly. Deep cut. Lobster. Um. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. I don't know. That that's a very common thing though, isn't it? Where it's like it turns out it was just better without me. Like it's a really yeah. good out. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Really that's damning with faint praise there. Then it's not even yeah. Mike Skinner singing on it. It's some other person who... Sorry, that's not Mike Skinner. No, that's the thing. That's Isn't that what he's saying? He said it was supposed to be another bloke and then neither of them said No, it is Mike Skinner. It is oh, Mike Skinner. sorry. I took, fr- I took from that. Oh, I thought you meant he's someone else lined up. No, no, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, no, I misconstrued that. No, no. That's Mike Skinner on the track. 100%. Skinner okay. on the track. Skinner <laughs> on the track. No, what I took from it was that Chris Martin sang on it and was like, no, no, you should take me off because Mike Skinner, your version is the best. And then Mike Skinner just got some other bloke to sing. No, 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 it's definitely okay, him. Yeah, Chris Martin right, is responsible right. for this. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's something that, okay, I, I've completely lost my train. I thought there was something else I wanted to say in there, but I, oh yeah, I know what it was. Um, I considered picking Fix You by Coldplay for this top five, but... Is that a breakup song? I suppose it is. I never really listened to the lyrics. It of the kept popping up in the lists, and I guess you know, like a lifestyle guide. I, I will try to fix. Maybe when you get what you want, and yeah, yeah. But uh, I couldn't pick it because uh, it has too much pride of place in that hilarious newsroom uh, extended oh, scene yes. where that was doing rounds lately. No, that was a different one. Oh no, no, it was that yeah. one. It actually was that one. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it's usually the Osama bin Laden thing, you know. <laughs> Uh, on the plane which is just the most the newsroom everybody what a show but yeah that was doing the rounds recently cause, and this happens I love how this happens about every six months on Twitter someone goes have you guys seen this fucking show called the newsroom it was mental look yeah. at this it's the worst thing of all time, time like, but also my favourite like, TV show of all time I've watched it in real time guys but yeah it's that scene where like you have the six or seven minute sequence where there's a congresswoman who's been shot it's a real life event yeah 
and they're like, you gotta say that she's dead. The other news channel's saying that she's dead. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, every second we're not saying she's dead. We're losing eyeballs. Christmas Ian is saying that, and like, and they're like, She's a person. Yeah, yeah. A doctor yeah. pronounces her dead, not, not the, the news. news. <laughs> and then it's like, she's alive. She's alive. Oh my <laughs> yeah, god, yeah. we've got her alive. <laughs> they get their moral payoff within twenty yeah. seconds. It's, like, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's it's astounding. <laughs> astounding. We might even play the episode out with it. But yeah, that's my number one. What's the what's the end bit? Jeff Daniels is like. Good evening. A congresswoman is in recovery now or something. Yeah, like, yeah. It's just like, but then he turns to your man that made the call of just like, that did, does the nothing news. Yeah. And he kind of goes, you're a fucking news man. Whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah it's, it's the character of Don played by Thomas Sadowski, who was my favorite character in the show up until, uh, for no reason, with about two episodes after the show, they made him a rape apologist. It was like, what the oh, wow. fuck? You've, have you seen that show all the way through? No, no. I just watch episodes it's here and there. bizarre. He was the, he was the only character where you're like, He's actually grand. And then they were like, hey, listen, college student who's been raped, maybe you shouldn't report this because, you know, Jesus. it might not get. And you're like, what's happening? But yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, you're a fucking newsman, Don. Throws his pen. And, then it's, yeah, and it's Fix You by Coldplay is rising in the soundtrack the entire time. It's astonishing television. And I'm not going to lie. I might watch it again. Oh, man. I've been Why is America the greatest country in the world? Well, actually, you think you'll find America's not the greatest country? I was like, what? He was seven minute rant. That show... Aaron Sorkin speaking truth to power. Aaron right Sorkin's <laughs> gripes with media, the show. It's, a, it's 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 wild. It's so bad, but I. It's mainlining Sorkin, basically. It's, cannot uh, look away. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Let's go for my number one. And um, this was going to be a Hurt Your Grapevine, and it's not a Hurt Your Grapevine. It's a different soul song. It's pure agony, but somehow it's really. It makes me feel good. <laughs> it's pure joy. I think it's because the melody's so amazing. So this might cheer us up. Here we go. Since you left me, if you see me with another girl, seeming like I'm having fun. Although she may be cute, she's just a substitute for the permanent. Smokey Robinson and his miracles or the miracles I don't know if he has any ownership over the miracles uh, the tracks of my tears 1965 a huge hit um, one of the best Motown songs maybe the finest Motown single of all time um, I was kind of I've always loved this I think it's brilliant I think Smokey's voice is just celestial um, it's a thing of total wonder uh, I surprised myself by like contrasting this with a few other front runners and like I just assumed I heard True Grapevine was going to be a shoe in and I found myself coming back to this a lot more so yeah it's official it's officially better than I heard True Grapevine <laughs> <laughs> forever taking shots at Marvin Gaye oh Jesus uh, yeah but I mean, what, you said what, what, what you picked out uh, most, most overrated wasn't it most overrated albums was, yeah, that was very controversial People yeah. what's out. going on is yeah. one of my now I did say I like a lot of stuff on what's going on, but there's a lot of filler. Okay, look, that's a conversation for another day. Filler. <laughs> for another day. I'm also concerned that we've have we crossed the two hour mark again. Probably, we're probably close. I don't have sake. a huge amount to say about this. I just love well, that fairness, clip. We have crossed the two. Oh, hour for fuck's sake! <laughs> People are going to get mad. But also, in fairness, we had a big announcement at the start of the show. It was yeah, an emotional episode. What are you going to do? 
And yeah, that was just to kind of play us out. It's it's smoky. What can you say? You didn't pick maps by yeah yeah yeahs. I can't I believe did, it. I did consider it. Okay, that's fine. Um, and we could have talked about how that was the blueprint for Kelly Clarkson's since you've been gone. Great song that you don't love. I don't like how cynical it is and how they cheated the AAS out of the bag. <laughs> um, but, Again, uh, stories for another day. Yes. You can't leave. There's so many episodes to do. I know. I should say as well, can I just say, in this week of all weeks, I think it's a fucking horrible twist of fate that you got Frank Ocean vinyl and mine hasn't arrived oh, yet. Oh yeah, your, your vinyl. Ours hasn't arrived yet. <laughs> Sorry, Adam. I mean, it was Adam's order. <laughs> yeah. I paid I for on, my half. I ordered on behalf of both of us. <laughs> uh, yeah, that <laughs> the, was a big moment. Cross palms, everything is fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been yeah. a lot of doom and gloom, but yeah, my copy of Blonde What arrived. a Rolling Stone song that is, <laughs> eh? Yeah, I couldn't quite believe it when it just turned up. Have you listened to it? Uh, no. No, it's, I think it's <laughs> still in the bubble wrap. The wrap is it? it's, it's actually not, um, because I'm all about the music, as you guys know. Of course, yeah. And... Um, yeah, I'll probably listen to it this weekend, maybe Sunday, when I'm chilling out and um, just kick back and stick on Blonde. Okay, look, it's another bumper episode. Yeah. I hope it was tolerable, everybody. But, you know, I'm going to stretch these out for as long as I can because I don't have this guy for much longer. But I do have, oh, by my side, he'll never leave me. The beautiful, <laughs> my rock. Sonic, <laughs> Sonic architect, Adam. pressure there, <laughs> Thank you for the episode, Adam. Woo. You're so welcome. Much love, love you, Adam. And, uh, yeah, so, um, you know, stick around, guys. Craig ain't going just yet. No. We're, we're back next week. And uh, to play us out this week, it's patreon.com slash noencore, by the way, if you want to help support the show, that'd be great. Would love that. Um, And yeah, to play us out this week, uh, we will have a little snippet of The Newsroom featuring Coldplay. (laughs) My name is Dave Hanrady. This has been No Encore. There will be No Encore. Back next week. Goodbye. Much love. If you're just joining us, a gunman in Arizona opened fire to crowd... Fox, MSNBC and CNN are all calling it. Let me hear MSNBC. A sole source of information that reports that the Arizona Congresswoman Gabrielle Giffords has been killed in this heinous attempt attempt on her life, uh, along with Joy. six others. We're going to show you now an interview Gabrielle Giffords gave just last year. This is Congresswoman Giffords. Thirty seconds. What's going on? Of course, security. Every second you're not current, a thousand people are changing the channel to the guy who is. That's the business you're in. MSNBC, Fox, and CNN all say she's dead. Don, tell him. Don. It's a person. A doctor pronounces her dead, not the news. <laughs>